The boys are back in town. Welcome to Deadlock episode number 13, where we are going to be talking about Survivor Series NXT TakeOver War Games, and then we're also going to be talking about AEW from this past week. So we have a pretty stacked plate. It's Sunday night. It's literally like a little bit after Survivor Series went off. I got my main man, Tony, here, and we're going to talk it Woo! out. What's going on, man? Let's do this, dude. I'm excited. So much wrestling. My... I injected into my veins and I'm ready to go. I kind of wish we, I, I, I was after AEW this past week, I was like, man, I kind of wish we did the podcast like Wednesday night. Cause I was so hyped after the AEW main event and sadly we aren't, but that's how things work. Sometimes let's just change it, man. Let's change the game here. Uh, uh, before we get into all that stuff really quick, I just want to give a big thank you to everyone who continues to support the podcast. You guys rule. You guys kick some ass. Uh, over on Apple Podcasts, we had 122 five-star ratings, which is incredible. Uh, and we had a, c- a couple of people leave some really nice reviews that I wanted to read really quick. So um, Gaston LaRue left a comment here on the Apple Podcast page, and he said, been a big fan of Tony and James for years. I'm 17, so do the math. So he's been he's been growing up with the boys here. I've followed you both since 2K14, and you both have awesome minds for the wrestling business. That's nice. I don't know. I don't know. Awesome is a good way to put it. We definitely have minds. Uh, I mean, if you want to talk about the fiend eating pussy with the mask on, then we're definitely (laughs) the guys that you want to go to to talk about that. I I saw your Twitter. You changed, James. You've changed. I'm I'm a changed man. What can I say? (laughs) No, we might talk about it. I'm a changed man. Uh, yeah, that, that was a conversation. You got the, you got the about. best mind in the biz, brother. We know what's going on. Got to a move, man. Okay, oh, know. I got some news you about got to move too, really quick, Tony. So they haven't announced it yet, but got to move is going to be selling merchandise worldwide here soon. Woo, let's go. I know. I better see everyone that listens to this podcast and some got to move in deadlock merch. I want to see you both swagged out. Okay. So let me go ahead and finish up Gaz's here. He says, have learned lots about the psychology and ideas of wrestling from Pulse and used to watch every single instant gratification and before that, every Raw and pay-per-view review. Not to mention, remember when Pulse used to be a Seth Rollins mark because he was the coolest member of the Shield. My, how <laughs> times have changed. Used to watch his pay-per-view reviews before I got the network and got me back and interested in wrestling at a time when I wasn't interesting. Now I began pro wrestling training in July and have been wrestling for a promotion in Indiana called Supreme Wrestling for about a month now. I've gotten into Gato Move, and Antonio Honda, and Lulu Pencil are amazing, and I'm a big fan of Masahiro Takanishi. That's awesome. Um, big fan, and you guys have inspired me greatly and make every time I listen to the podcast enjoyable. You guys have been great influences growing up and have helped me build my love for wrestling, to which it is today, which has led me to where I am today. Thank you again, and keep up the good content. Do you, you just think about that, like... You know how we do this content stuff. Like this I'm kid old, decided Tony. we're old. He decided to become a wrestler because of your psychology of the biz and your great mind. You see that? You're shaping the future of America. We're old, man. This, <laughs> we're isn't boomers. that crazy though? I know we're boomers, but isn't it isn't it wild that you have influence? You are you're officially an influencer. We can use that. I am you influence- the influencer. You influence somebody to get in the biz, brother. The wow. influencer. Yes, the and they like got to move. So I feel like I've done my work. You are now ready to go on your own and go out into the world <laughs> and you're ready to work. That's perfect. You have passed the final test. You may go. You will learn everything you ever need to learn about the wrestling business from Antonio Honda. Maybe the greatest <laughs> mind. 
in pro wrestling history. So yes, go on, my child, and be a man. We had a we had another review here. Thank you um, for that for those kind of words. Though. Those are always inspiring, and you love to hear because you get so much negative, and it's good to hear something like. Yeah, that. I just had a dude talking shit about me on Twitter like 15 minutes ago. <laughs> So thank you very much from the bottom. It, it sounds sarcastic, but really thank you. Yeah, that's just dope to read. Uh, we had the Daro leave one. Maybe not as long, but the sentiment nonetheless. He said, I'll empty the tank for deadlock. <laughs> I'll fucking bleed for this shit. <laughs> he oh said, no, nah, but in all seriousness, this pod <laughs> is one of my favorite parts of the week. It's become a huge must listen for me. Keep up the good work. <laughs> I'm glad that there's a couple of takeaways so I've talked Can to a we? few people about this, Tony, and there's a couple takeaways from this podcast. One is that the fiend eats pussy with the mask on. <laughs> that everyone's emptying the tank for everybody. <laughs> that wrestling is better when everyone fucking bleeds. <laughs> so like I was saying, you know, Gaston was like, yeah, you're a very good influence. I also think and, we're very good influences. And Cactus Jack 93 fucking rules. And I think we've just established that over and over. But honestly, we need to make an empty a tank t-shirt somehow. Somehow, somehow <laughs> be... tank. that's what they did tonight at survivor series they emptied <laughs> the tank for their employer <laughs> they had the big main event where uh Shayna baszler won and she won nothing <laughs> <laughs> and then got beat down by then she got her ass kicked <laughs> congratulations on winning brand supremacy i guess i don't know if that actually that's like when you pay an artist in in exposure yeah i can't give you any money or anything of substantial but i give you exposure Hmm. Well, 800 exposures does pay this rent. So that's, that's like when good. people reach out to you and they're like, we'd love you to take a look at our product. Oh yeah, you're going to pay me to look at your product and make a video on it? No, no. we just want you to look at the product. <laughs> yeah, no, we thought we, we would could. send it to you. If, if you sell it, we'll give you 10% off. Do I make that 10%? Oh, only if you hit this number. Oh, that's perfect. I, you know what? I love selling your product you know for what? almost nothing. I'm going to empty return. the tank for this company right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm emptying the tank for this. That fit tummy tea, baby. I'm in the, <laughs> the tank. I tried to get up with that tummy tea. They didn't want me. Yeah, they didn't want me either, man. Apparently, my, my pitch of you're going to shit your pants when you drink this didn't work. I don't know why. <laughs> it's a bummer. I thought it was a good plan. It worked it's for crazy. it worked for Manscaped when I told him I was going to make a video that said, do you shave your balls in your face with the same razor? There's a like, difference yeah, go between for it. tummy tea and Manscaping. Yeah, I don't know. Balls, ass, you know, whatever. Same thing. Give or take. You good. You good. So uh, along with the Apple reviews, we also had some Patreon stuff that I want to give a shout out to. Uh, we have a, a couple of Patreon gimmicks, but we're going to hold off on that until next week just because this is a really big show with you know Survivor Series, Takeover War Games, AEW, lots to talk about. Um, so we're going to hold off on the gimmicks till next week. Uh, but I want to give a thank you to the people who uh, became patrons nonetheless. So uh, we had a couple of $1, Captain and Andrew Newby. Thank you guys. $5, we had Aiden and Cameron Perkins. And $10, we had Dweeb, Chris Miller, and Zach Roper. Uh, I pretty much know all these guys. They're all really, really cool. Um, I feel like all the way down one the of those people upgraded to a $10 from a regular. I think they were like one or something. They upgraded Probably. To $10. I mean, it was cool. It's the cool the content that. never stops coming. Like, if you want to hear about The Fiend, this is the number one location to hear about The Fiend because we got a lot We're to say about We're going to keep pumping out this content until the day we die because we bleed this brand. We'll empty the tank for the deadlock content. There's nothing that makes me happier than talking about the fiend eating pussy. We have Survivor Series 2019. I have to get the Wikipedia up. <laughs> I didn't write any notes <laughs> for this show, so we're just going to wing it. <laughs> I got to get the Wikipedia up so I can look at it and remember. Um, we started off with the pre-show stuff. 
I didn't, I don't know a damn thing about the pre-show. I watched a couple of it, but I don't even remember any of it. So we're just going to skip the pre-show. Not like any of that matters anyways. Just, I think the big takeaway for Survivor Series this year is that, you know, it's SmackDown, Raw, NXT. The pre-show started out 1-1-1. So it was like a clean slate pretty much going into, um, going into the But if it doesn't air on the DVD, does it really count? Yeah, exactly. That's what Austin Aries said before he had a piss fit, went vegan, and then lost a ton of muscle mass. (laughs) 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 all right so (laughs) what a way to start off survivor series yeah survivor series kicking off higher uh we we started off with the uh women's survivor series triple threat match which was team nxt which got announced at like literally the last second i think the pre-show uh which ended up being rhea ripley bianca belair candice LeRae, io shirai and tony storm tony storm by the way tony was scheduled uh on a progress show you know, Progress is uh, a partner of WWE, and uh, apparently, they are. yeah. So Progress had Tony Storm also <laughs> booked on a show at the same time. Isn't that crazy? Uh, and let me guess, let me guess. Hold on, before you yeah, say they it. let her do the Progress duty, and then she could come to WWE. She was able to do both of them because that's WWE's nice, and they let their talent no. work where they they let them they let it happen, right? Nope. They took her ass off the guard so quick. And Progress said, shit. <laughs> yeah, so uh, she did not show up on that Progress card as far as I know. Um, Gotta love it. Gotta yeah. love that. That great partnership. Something could have happened. Maybe she got on a plane, just went bam, bam, bam. I don't know. But the biggest thing here is that Progress announced Tony Storm and did... And they knew ahead of time, like, I'm pretty sure WWE didn't ambush them with Tony Storm and just steal it. I'm pretty sure they told her, but Progress decided to not say anything until literally the last second. They're like, oh yeah, by the way, Tony Storm's not on the card anymore. Like, doors were opening and they're like, Tony Storm's not on the card? They're like, like, morning of the show, they're like, oh yeah, by the way, Tony Storm's not here no more. (laughs) (laughs) So, scummy from WWE, scummy from Progress, they're perfect for each other. It works out I feel like we we should just run a promotion and we should just book all these big names and write cards subject to change and be like, uh... Just WB just took him away. Yeah, that's what you have to do. It's the perfect plan. Just book all the WB. I'm going to say Charlotte Flair is supposed to be here. We're supposed to be have Becky Lynch here. Oh, WB pulled him. That's crazy. We ran it at 8 p.m. on Monday night. I don't know what happened. <laughs> they just <laughs> they just stole us, man. Our, two yeah. sh- our Friday show. They pulled all the SmackDown people. Weird. I don't know. Like it's crazy how that works. Weird, wild. <laughs> so we had a five on five on five women's Survivor Series triple threat elimination match. Which is the biggest clusterfuck that you could have ever possibly had in your entire life. Uh, so it's literally 15 people in the ring. It's a triple threat match at all times. And then to make it even better, uh, Io Shirai and Candice LeRae got, <laughs> from what it looked like, their their stummies were hurting. <laughs> they, they randomly started laying on the ground and going, ah, ah. <laughs> it's like, what happened? So War uh, games. That's what happened. War games. So they got taken out back, um, not like old yellow style. They got taken to the back, I guess. <laughs> I guess the better way to put it. They got taken they got to the back. Out back. <laughs> Went out of their misery. <laughs> they got taken to the fiend. And he had a field day with them. So oh, try I just imagine WWE where they're like done with them. We we got the main roster right. Nah, that's what happens. You ain't going NXT people now. They just drag them out back and they go. I'm so sorry. They end their lives. Yeah, I'm sorry. I love. You. Can I go? To, I put in my my time here. I've been in NXT for like ten years. Can I go to the main roster? Yeah, yeah. You go to the main roster, kid. They take you right, take you right through this door here to the main roster. 
What do you got the gun for? I'm so sorry. <laughs> Dang it up. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, I'm so sorry. Triple H is in the suit. Oh man. So Shawn so, Michaels, I'm sorry, I love you. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what it is. Shawn Michaels, he takes off the hat, he's bald. <laughs> Holy shit! I'm sorry. <laughs> All right. So, uh, anyways, so oh, Team NXT boy, ends up winning this sweating. match. It goes on for a while. Um, the match really wasn't great, to be honest with you. Um, you know, it was a 28, 28 minute match from what Wikipedia put here. The it, stakes were high. It was. It was a really. Don't get me wrong. It was a super hot match when it started. Like the crowd was super into it. But the second that uh, Io Shirai and Candice went down, like the crowd just like deflated. It was pretty much done at that point. Um, they stumbled along for the next couple of bits here. Um, they they get down to the very end of the match, uh, and Rhea Ripley's in there, and Candice and Io come back out because haha, it turns out they took Tums and now they're good. Somebody doesn't hurt no more. <laughs> So they're good to go. Uh, and they come in and they help Rhea Ripley end up win, win the match against Sasha Banks, who was on Team SmackDown. So um, it wasn't an awful match by any means, but it just wasn't, you know, it just wasn't great. And it, and it was, it had the card, it had, I feel like it had the deck stacked against it already because of like any of these five on five on five matches where it's just like 15 people, 30 minutes, figure out what to do. It's like a cluster of everybody getting involved, and yeah, it's rough. And and like they eliminated Kyrie Zane like first. She she like went out first, which was really really weird. Um, which I'm like, oh okay, well I guess someone tipped off Vince that she's talking to Rossi about coming back to stardom. He said, huh? <laughs> oh, what was that about stardom? No, no, no. <laughs> we gotta take you out back. <laughs> hey, go take it all down back. He said, yeah, you go to stardom, all right, right through the door. <laughs> go right through, right through the door. Yeah. Your wildest dreams can come true. <laughs> So, uh, like I said, kicking it off is, uh, you know, it was okay. Uh, we go straight into Roderick Strong versus AJ versus Shinsuke, which a lot of people were going to, you know, a lot of people were hyped for this. But I think if, you, if you've if seen Shinsuke and AJ work over the past year or two, you kind of knew what you were going to get here. I don't think it was awful. I think that they ended up working out a pretty good match for the most part. The crowd really couldn't give a shit through most of it. Um and then, of course, they do the finish where, you know, one guy hits his finish and then he throws the, throws him out and he covers him. It's like a, it's like a universe mode finish. <laughs> you, you know yeah. I mean? So yeah. AJ, I think AJ hit the phenomenal forearm, if I'm remembering right. And then it was on um, Shinsuke and then Roderick threw AJ out of the ring and he pinned Shinsuke is what happened. So it's not a bad Could you finish. imagine it this just, like in hmm. like New Japan or anywhere else like this match taking place? Like, oh, my God. Well, that's what I, yeah, right. I mean, that's what I. I, I kind of even alluded to that in my in my stream a little bit where I was like, if you take like these guys and move them somewhere else, like, but it, it, then I started thinking about it, I'm like, AJ's getting kind of old. Shinsuke's definitely not giving a shit about anything at this point. <laughs> He's just chilling. And it's like, it's working for him, you know, like it's definitely working for him. AJ's streaming Madden on Mixer or whatever. And, you know, the only person that really gives a shit is Roger Strong, which I, which I said before the match started, I was like, okay, so this comes down to how hard is Roger Strong going to work tonight? Um, but I mean, to be fair, they, it wasn't bad. Like it was, it was an okay match. And, but, but it's like when I watch a pay-per-view and I see a, a headlining or it's not, it, to me, it's headlining. When I see Roger Strong, AJ and Shinsuke in a match, I'm like, that's going to be dope. But it ended up just being an okay match, which is one of the things WWE, it just kind of happens where like headlining matches become just okay. It feels like, cause I remember, I think it was AJ and Finn when they had their match. I was like, this is going to be dope. It was like, yeah, it was it's all not, right. It's okay. It's, it's okay. like, 
it's just all right. It's like one of those things where you're like, oh, this sounds great on paper, and then you watch it, and you're like, mm. yeah, yeah. But it was, it was, it was, it did what it was supposed to do. But if, if you know, if any, if this happened anywhere else, it would have been blow away. <laughs> and and like I've said before, that's very passe, and it's it's almost cliche to say because like people expect people to say that. But like it's a, it's the truth, right? Like if this happened down the street, like this would have been better. It feels like. AJ emptied the tank for when he was in TNA. Like he would go out he had there a good, and empty no, the he, tank uh, AJ, every night. AJ had a good run at the beginning. Dude, I mean, you agree, right? Like his initial run in WWE was good. Like when he first came oh, in, yeah. and like yeah, even yeah, you know it, up to Dean, where he beat him for the title of Backlash, and like, like that was really good. He he worked some crazy shit. I just feel like he knows that, like, okay, I don't have to do this crazy stuff because I've already done it. So yeah, I, I mean, just they have nothing to prove. AJ stuff. nor Shinsuke have anything to prove. If anyone has anything yeah, yeah, to yeah. prove, is Roderick. Right? He has to True, tear yeah. the house down. So it was just okay. And, and like, and it doesn't help that there's, there's no heat in any of these matches. So like, they're just kind of, ha- they're, they're having to work until they can somehow just get the crowd to care. Cause like, no, there's no title on the line. Like Roderick Penning Shinsuke meant nothing. You know what I mean? Like he doesn't win the intercontinental title. It's just like a bragging rights thing. And, you know, and that's and, what this should have been called bragging rights, not survivor series. I was surprised. Back yeah, I was rights. like, damn, they should have. Imagine if the titles were on the line, then that would have made re- something really interesting, man. If like Roderick walked out with fucking three titles or something, that would have been super <laughs> interesting. Like Ultimo Dragon NXT with all these titles. And we yeah, talked, yeah, go, and we talked about that before. We're like, I, I don't remember what we were talking about, but why don't they do that? You know what I mean? Why not? Like it, you can write, like you can write Roderick in as a triple champion and then just write him out of it. You know what I mean? You can go. You can do something that's so off the wall and then write write it into existence with something later. Yeah, you know wrestling I mean? is written and made up, so you could do anything you want. Roderick could show up on Raw and be like, okay, here's your titles back. Like, yeah, throw, fun throw him off the bridge. <laughs> Get this damn title out of here. Yeah, you could literally do anything you want in wrestling. So it's so it's just weird when they, you know, you had three marquee names and like there's nothing on the line, there's no heat, and they're just kind of wrestling to wrestle. And it's, it's just gonna like, be like Nanny, nanny, boo, boo, we beat you. Yeah. That's, that's like, I don't, what are they going to come out on NXT? Like, woo, Team Yellow, we won. That's definitely what they're going to do. Triple H is going to, these are my kids. <laughs> he's definitely going to come out on Wednesday and be like, we're going to be AEW this week in the ratings because these are my kids. <laughs> Team Yellow, let's go. Did you see him come out in the freaking car? They had a little oh, Jeep. Yeah. Beep, beep, beep. I was like, oh my God, <laughs> they're going out the tank. Yeah. Oh, that felt so. That felt like tri- the entirety of NXT on, on Raw SmackDown felt like a, a field trip. Triple H is taking all his kids on a field trip. He's like, "Come <laughs> on now, kid, we gotta come on down here to a big old Vince's parade." It's like, what the hell is going is on over here? This is what we call gorilla position. Let us tell you why. Here's a field trip at WWE. <laughs> yeah, here's gorilla's position, and here's the other door. Where does this go? Oh, this goes <laughs> wherever you want to go. <laughs> Your wildest fantasies. Walk through this door. <laughs> Walk through this door and Shawn Michaels is there with a gun. What is he doing there? It's Don't that same door that. that Walter was sitting outside. Yeah, playing cards. Hanging out. Yeah, What's he doing? Place. Yeah, <laughs> you walk out and Walter's playing cards. <laughs> what the hell is this guy doing here? I don't know. Don't worry about him. Oh, jeez. Yeah, there there should have been higher stakes here. Again, the whole, the whole show should have been like higher stakes. stakes yeah. things. It's just like, yay. They went up. NXT wins, but what does that really mean? Like, yeah, what are they going to do on Monday? Are they going to continue this? Probably not. Yeah, especially, really especially to people that barely watch, you know, like especially to people that like tune in for just pay per views and stuff. Like, 
me pretty much like i truly don't care whatsoever about anything like that you know what i mean um it should have been like if we win you losers have to anything right get an nxt tattoo i don't know so. anything that would have been okay too anything like it's not even a fact of like that just making sense it would have just helped the matches a lot like it just would have helped the matches be a lot more interesting if there was just heat if there was something there for him um like the next match adam cole versus pete dunn um, a lot of people said that this was their match of the night and like there was actual stakes on the line, you know, NXT championship on the line. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, you know, that was a lot of people's favorites. It wasn't my favorite match of the night, but it was a lot of people's favorite matches of the night. Um, and so, I mean, just that in itself, like the NXT championship being on the line added some sort of stakes to where people care a little more. Like the match has something that matters right. at the end of right, it. Right, right, right. Um, Roger, AJ and Shinsuke were, weren't in a feud. You know what I mean? They weren't like, there There wasn't any payoff to anything that's going on. It was just kind of like, Roderick wins. Yay. Here's a sticker. Right. Yeah. 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 So, I, um, I agree. so like I said, Adam Cole and Pete Dunne had their match. Um, Adam Cole comes out. He's got belly tape. He's beat the hell up. You know, they, re, they replay Adam Cole dying last night. They're like, I don't know how he fucking lived through that shit. So what does he do next? He, he goes into a 15, 20 minute match with Pete Dunne where uh, they kick out of 60 finishers and do Canadian destroyers on the apron and shit. Cause like, that's just, that's just NXT like that. Like that's just NXT. Like if I, if I had to explain NXT psychology to anyone, it would be like this match. I would just be like, here, here it is. Like, this is it. Um, that's wild. That's wild. Like any other wrestling like just think back to like back in my day when the ribs were taped, man, you worked those ribs and you had like a five minute match. Hey, that's well, like here's the thing with this match is the match itself. Like the beginning of the match was pretty boring. To be honest, it was just them working the injured body parts. Um, mm. They weren't doing anything crazy. The crowd definitely wasn't into it at first. Um, but then, you know, like cool moves. <laughs> then like right. the cool moves. So like Adam Cole, I mean, the spots were dope. I mean, like Adam Cole does the Canadian Destroyer on the apron, which is, you know, nuts in WWE. Um, they end up, but here's the thing. He does the Canadian Destroyer on the apron and then they go back in the ring so Pete can do the little finger pervert thing where he's like, oh, I'm going to play with your fingers. Yeah, yeah. It's such a weird, <laughs> I don't know, transition, I guess. So anyways, they, they do that. They, yeah, they go back in the ring and then like Pete Dunn hit the bitter end on Adam Cole a little earlier and I think Adam Cole just kicked out of his finish, just kicked right out of it. Nice. Um, Good Pete job. Dunn, Good yeah, job. Pete Dunn kicked out of the last shot. Just whatever, you know what I mean? Just, you know, you That's, just expect it at this like point. Like you said, this is the way you explain NXT to people. Like, yeah, watch yeah. This. Like, this is just it. Like, it used to, I mean, you just expect the psychology to be like this, I guess. It's just still like... Hey, uh, James, what is a finish? What is a finish? Well, it ain't, it ain't a snowplow. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's just weird, man. Like, NXT... And, and, and this even goes to the, the War Games... Uh, the war game stuff or any main event NXT match where like, it almost feels like a parody of itself. Like it's weird. It's really weird to explain NXT main events and, and, and Johnny Gargano definitely accelerated that. I think, I think NXT just feels melodramatic for no reason. I think that's like a really good way to explain it. Yeah. Like the finishes mm -hmm. are just so just, I don't cheesy. They're just like so melodramatic for that's like the best word I can use to explain NXT matches for no reason. And like I don't ever feel anything from them. Like they're supposed to be if they're if they're they're, they're trying to make them to make them out to be these dr super dramatic like moments yeah, and shit. And like right. I never walk away feeling anything from them. It's just like this emptiness where but I mean like they're still 
that the spots are dope. They fucking kill each other. That's great. Like I'm totally down. Like Adam Cole, Kenny Destroyer on the apron. Fuck yeah, that's dope. Like if I'm there live, I'm pissing my pants. Like this is awesome. You know, this is yeah. great. But you know, the watching it, you know, at your house is a little different. So and I've said that before. I feel like NXT is a great product to watch live, but it's like when I watch it from home, I'm just like, I don't know, it feels a little more empty than watching it live, I guess. Yeah, um, I understand. You, you I, I still feel sense? like there are people out there though that are like, "Oh my gosh, this is insane! My mind is blown!" And I never, I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I don't know what it is, but I'm never like, "My mind was just blown with that match I saw. It was so insane." It's been a long time for NXT that it has done that for me. Like I was thinking about my favorite NXT matches the other day, and I was like, "Yeah, Andrade versus Aleister Black was really good. Um, I enjoyed Aleister Black versus Velveteen Dream just because of how absurd it was. Like him just trying to get him to say his name." Mm -hmm was like a really good that was wild yeah that was a really fun time like i was just trying to think of that but i haven't i i really ha since the gargano period of nxt i just haven't really been too into it because i feel like it's become a parody of itself where like <laughs> you know i i called the the fact that i could i call this exact adam cole and pete dunn match like down to the kicking out of the finishers and all that shit is like insane <laughs> like it's insane like you see them come out they're bandaged up like it's just it's insane. So, I mean, the finish was dope. So Pete Dunne goes for the bitter end and then Adam Cole turns it to another Canadian destroyer. Cause like, we're just, <laughs> we're just doing that. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's all, it's just kind of funny. Like these are the That's matches. We do now. These are the matches that a lot of people were making fun of on the indies and stuff. Like they, when, when they were doing these exact matches in PWG, ROH, you know, anywhere else in the world, they're like, Oh, he's doing Canadian destroyer. But he doesn't, you know, he doesn't in NXT and now it's, you know, the coolest shit ever. Yeah, it it is it is crazy. Everyone's like, oh, they're dying for ten people, and they're doing all these crazy flips and these spot monkeys, and they have the exact same formula matches. Yeah, oh, it's, it's the exact shit. Ever seen. Let's go yeah. NXT, NXT, NXT. I mean, I definitely think there's a. I mean, there's definitely a fan <laughs> they're shooting for with the NXT stuff, and I think they hit it pretty hard for the most part. Um, you know, I think yeah, they know I, their audience. They their their audience. They have pegged, and they're like, "Yep, we can uh, write this it, down." I mean, they the get tea. it this right. This is what people want. I mean, if anything, they get the NXT stuff a hundred percent right. I just don't think it's for me. Um, you know, like people thought I was legitimately trolling when I said my favorite Survivor Series match was Lesnar versus Rey Mysterio, and like I wasn't. I, I like I, I tried to say like I wasn't trolling, but like they did. They just didn't want to hear it. They yeah, people don't believe trolling. you. Yeah, they're like best match was Adam Cole versus Pete. I'm like. Uh, well, no, <laughs> Brock Lesnar and Rey Mysterio was the best match, but, uh, sure. Um, but like I said, I think that just feeds into the certain kind of fan that they're shooting for and they, and to NXT's, to NXT's own, they do hit that niche pretty damn well, to be honest. Yeah, I mean, for sure. They know the brand they're going for, the audience they want, and they capture that every time. Yeah. Every single time. Um, it's just, I feel like your style is more like hard hitting, like let's beat the crap out of each other. It, yeah. I, it's funny. Cause yeah, I, I really enjoy like Morishima Ash beatings from fucking, you know, mid two thousands, but I also enjoy Antonio Honda, you know, taking five minutes out of a match to tell a story and then poking him in the eyes. So it's like, yeah. I have very, <laughs> I have very, uh, stark differences in what I enjoy. Um, which is why someone asked me the other night on stream, they're like, can you, can you build a wrestler? And I'm like, I can't. Cause like they either have something I really enjoy or they don't. It, it, it's not like, mm -hmm. you know, some, I can't, it, you remember that old adage where it's like, if I were to build a wrestler, he'd be Randy Orton. Oh yeah. Broke the mold when they made this man. WWE basically like 
padded that into everyone's brain <laughs> to where like Randy Orton's like this blow away dude. And just from like, he's been there for like 15 years and he's just, you know, it's just been like, do, 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 Randy Orton, Randy Orton, Randy Orton. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I just don't have like a build a wrestler thing. Like if I were to build a wrestler, I could never build Lulu pencil. I could never build Antonio Honda or Yuka Sakazaki or, you know, I could never build Daniel Bryan. There's just something that like, all of my favorite people have that mm. you can't, I can't pick out of a lineup. I can never take, I can never take pieces out of a puzzle and make a wrestler. If that makes sense. Right there. there you either have it or you, or you don't. Um, and that's just kind of how it is. And, 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 and when I say you either have it or you don't, that's something that you can, you can all, you can learn it. You know what I mean? Like you can, you can acquire that over years. I feel like Dana Brooke is starting to get really good. Um, she was in a match earlier tonight and she fucking was kicking ass. And I was like, this is dope. Like she looks great. She was performing great. She looked into it. Like, I think passion is a big thing too. Like, right. Yeah. You know, passion comes into play a lot. Um, and, and just like, like I said, with the, I'm just not super into the NXT style stuff. Cause I, or at least the NXT style lately. Cause I was into the early NXT stuff. I love the Sami Zayn and Cesaro stuff like that early, early NXT stuff was great. Pac and oh, Dallas stuff. Yeah. That was really good stuff. Um, but like I said, Gargano forward, I just, I've had, I'm having a hard time. I don't know, wanting to, to care about that stuff. If that makes sense. Yeah. It's probably the whole Gargano champ of you, to be honest, cause that went on forever and it felt like it was never ending. And it was like a parody of like, they did that thing where they would have like the text at the bottom, like, Oh, the show's over, but then they still continue the feud at the end. Yeah. Yeah. I remember each that. Other I for remember 10 that. more minutes. And I feel like they did that like a, few more times and then it just became like all right this is what nxt is it's like this crazy we gotta go like balls to the walls non-stop let's do it and then that's just kind of where it changed a little bit i think it changed forever like it's the the whole the whole wwe storytelling process is very weird right now um which was which is why it was nice to see lesnar versus mysterio i i think that lesnar versus like if lesnar versus mysterio the only thing they could have went I would have enjoyed it if like, so the be first beginning of the match here was Lesnar just beating down Ray, right? But Ray was just taking it to the neck. And I'm skipping matches here, but I just want to talk about this. But yeah, this Lesnar was beating the bricks off of Ray for like five minutes. And then Ray was like, I'm going to get this pipe. You know, he had been talking about, I'm going to beat the bricks off this dude with this pipe. I'm sick of the bullshit. I'm going to, I'm going to kick his ass <laughs> with the pipe. And I was like, okay, good. Awesome. Get the pipe. So he gets the pipe and then Brock like steps on the pipe and he says, you ain't got a chance. I'm like, oh, this is, this is it right here now. <laughs> so then, you know, uh, Dominic comes in with the white towel and he's like, you know, I'm going to give up. I'm going to give up. I'm going to give up for Ray. And then Brock just grabs the towel out of his hand and throws it out of the rings and no, you're not. And then Ray, <laughs> Ray low blows him. Dominic low blows him. Double six, one, nine. Dominic drops the dime from the top. Ray does it next. Like that was like a super, that spot was awesome. That spot kicked ass. And, uh, you know, of course Brock kicks out and then it goes into the F five or whatever. Like this was, it was good, man. It was a, it was a really, really good match. Um, which like kind of shows where I'm at with wrestling, I guess, because like, and it kind of shows where the audience is at with wrestling, if that makes sense. So mm -hmm. Brock versus Rey Mysterio in a lot of the eyes of a lot of people that watch this, this current product right now could never be the best match of the evening ever. 
you know, because it only went seven minutes and because, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because but Brock I feel won. like I feel like most of the Brock matches have been entertaining. I mean, people give Brock a lot of crap, but he always has like, whether it's five minutes, 10 minutes, 20, whatever Brock does, it's like always entertaining because it's like, it's easy, like to, it's easy to chew into that same thing. It's easy to chew. It, 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 well, it's easy to. It's easy to get the same drink that everyone else is drinking, if that makes sense. So mm. it's it's easy. Like when I, even when I was coming up, you know, like Brock's been doing this for a while now. Like I'm not, I'm not even talking about his run before. You know, I'm talking about his run when he came back, like the early 2010s. Oh, Brock's right. been doing this a while. And it was easy to hate on Brock because it was just like you know, he's just doing this shit and it's like, we're not used to seeing this. And it's like, this is kind of getting out of hand. And like, even I was like that, you know, I think, it, I mean, I, I've changed quite a bit in that amount of time. And I think that a lot of people just, you know, they don't have the same wrestling journey. So a lot of people are still in that same kind of hive mind on that. Like this match could never be the best match. There's like a, there's a conglomerate of people where this could have, this doesn't even qualify for an opportunity to be the best mm -hmm. match of the night. But like, I think it was my favorite of the night. If that makes sense. Right. Yeah. I understand what you're saying. It's like, people just give it a pass. Oh, it's just Brock. Who cares? Yeah. It's Brock. And I think like, a lot of that has to do with, he's not there. Like their favorite NXT guys are there every week, emptying the tank for that yellow brand. And Brock <laughs> shows up whenever he feels like it. And people, you know, people just don't like that. I don't know. They just, it just rubs them the wrong way. Especially when he was like, I don't even watch this show. That one time. The, psycho the psychology of the wrestling fan is actually quite interesting to think about, to be honest with you. Like thinking about like what drives people to like certain sorts of wrestling is be bewildering, to be honest to you. It's we just should like, make a, like a deep dive article on the site about that. That's like a really interesting like what, topic. Yeah, what, what makes people like Adam Cole versus Pete Dunne more than Brock Lesnar versus Rey Mysterio, you know, like, what 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 makes people want to watch GCW more you know more than they want to watch WB or why does someone not like deathmatch wrestling at all and only like watching like NWA Power or something like what what makes their brain tick in wrestling on that kind and of stuff? And I don't think either opinion is right or wrong on like Adam Cole versus Pete Dunne was better or Brock and Ray was better because that's what's great about wrestling is when you have those different styles. I think. Yeah, I mean that's yeah. If if every match on the card. That's the thing is every if every match on the card was Adam Cole versus Pete Dunne, then none of the matches are Adam Cole versus Pete Dunne. Does that make sense? Word. So you have to have your you have to have your Lesners and your Mysterios and you you know and I even think there's you I even think you have to have your Cole versus Dunne. I don't like I enjoy you know I enjoyed the match. I don't think it was match of the night, but I enjoyed the match and I think mm -hmm. it had a place on the card. Um, it's just I now I'm thinking about fucking wrestling fans and like. I'm just thinking about that now. Sheesh. Yeah, that's a crazy like thought. Just like what drives someone to like the type of wrestling that they do like. Like, I don't you know. Think it has something, you think it has something to do with what's available, what they decide to look at? Do you think it has something to do with like who who's in their circle of who they talk wrestling with? I think that might have something to do with it. Like who do they talk wrestling with? Is yeah, like a I big think so thing. too. And also, like, who they follow on Twitter probably also has an influence on what they like and dislike. Because 
I always see people who are like, the whole world thought this match sucked. And I'm like, you it's only the people you follow on Twitter. Yeah, it's just Everyone the it's thought. just the circle of people that you follow that, that think that, you know, or the one it's or just two people. A, yeah. And that's how Twitter works. It's like you follow the people that you like. So obviously you're gonna have shared interests. So that's when you see like, oh well, everybody was raving about NXT being the greatest show of all time. And it's like, yeah, that's because that's the people you're talking about. And then like it's weird. It's it's yeah. a weird way to think about it. And it's also like people I think live wrestling is the best thing ever and going to like independent shows like GCW, the, that show that we went to was like, like the, the most funniest thing, thing ever. Yeah. And it's like, would it be like the greatest show that you would watch on television? Probably not. But like being there live and like live wrestling know, just, just kicks ass. That's what I'm saying. Like I, I really am hard pressed. Like NXT is really fun to go to live. GCW is really fun to go to live. W like main roster shows are, I'll be honest with you. They are hit or miss, especially live. Cause a lot of it can be, just just the worst <laughs> i would actually i would actually recommend you go to a WWE live event not a tv taping because the live events are fun yeah i've been to a i've been to one of the smackdown live events mm -hmm. and they're pretty fun just because there's no breaks or promos or whatever and they just have a good time and you know just and a lot of work. those people will break character like john cena like threw his hat in the crowd and then started talking to fans and it's like just like a cool like fan service kind of thing you know yeah so, yeah absolutely i don't know it's just a weird way. Like, I don't know. Now you got me, you got me thinking about this. I'm like, how do we dissect? Yeah, dissect the wrestling like? fan. Yeah. Just walk through this door. Okay. Yeah. Just come out. on. Just right there. <laughs> yeah. That's where you want to go. Huh? <laughs> so, um, we have, we now have my brain hurts. My brain is. Yo, we got the motherfucking fiend, bro. We have the fiend Bray Wyatt against Daniel Bryan. I he has his the title's blue. He's got his blue title, Tony. He's got his blue. He's blue. But the the lighting was still red. I was like, come on now. If if you're gonna, you know, empty the tank for your employer, at least do it right. <laughs> Change the the lighting guy is about to get fired. He didn't empty the tank. Yeah, I think what happened was is Bray's trying to like he kind of toting the line a little bit. Yeah, I'm a SmackDown guy, but if Raw wanted to give me the money for the second mortgage, I could <laughs> go over there. Red lighting is, it, is maybe still maybe Bray available. Wyatt is blue and the fiend is red you know he's repping the red oh but the, yeah the, the bray wyatt is the blue boy i still think they should have drafted bray wyatt to raw and the fiend to smackdown that's probably what they should have done and then those people can only show up on that show so here's the now, fiend, fiend should have gone to nxt and he should have like 10 star bangers go 40 minutes <laughs> yeah yeah the fiend walks into <laughs> nxt and all of a sudden now his matches are 45 minutes long <laughs> Adam Gold, double Canadian destroyers kicking out at one. <laughs> the fiend is making those faces. <gasps> Shocked face. Literally oh every NXT match is that. And the fiend would pick that up immediately. Then he just walks in a full sale one time. Ooh. Like, what happened, fiend? It's like, oh, I got the, I got the, I got to go. I got 45 minutes up here. That, that picture of Adam Cole when Kevin Owens showed up on. Take That's over. like the NXT face, That's man. NXT face, yeah, he yeah. did that tonight against Pete Dunne. He did the face thing again. He's like, <gasps> yeah, that's the feed. He will do that when he's NXT. The feed will do that. The mask will change too. It's like scary. That scary movie where the the mask changed faces. Yeah, yeah. Oh It'll be God. just like that. The fiend is gonna tear it down in full sale, baby. We're done with this. This hocus pocus ten minute bullshit. <laughs> Forty five minutes. He's gonna start doing air raid crashes Minimum. and shit. The fiend. He's Sixty minute Broadway, dude. He's ready to go. He's, that's what he's gonna change his name to. Is uh, Broadway Bray Wyatt. <laughs> dude, he's crazy.
Ugh. Well, he ends up facing Daniel Bryan for the Universal title. And, uh, of course, The Fiend beats Daniel Bryan. And this match is really weird in the first place because we saw Seth Rollins beat The Fiend within an inch of his fucking life with weapons that you've never seen before. Sledgehammer in the face. Yeah, unprotected headshots. And then Daniel Bryan said, you know what? I'm going to try to wrestle him. It's just like, bro, what are you doing? What <laughs> did you think was going to happen here? Of course, The Fiend kicks out of literally everything. And... uh to be honest with you, I don't know, maybe if it has something to do with the lighting or the way that The Fiend works. I mean, at the end of the day, it's still Bray Wyatt working during the matches, but like the crowd mm. certainly does not make a peep during matches with The Fiend in it. And I've started to notice that a little recently is like The Fiend matches are kind of dead. And I, I feel like that doesn't mean that people don't like The Fiend because I feel like The Fiend is still a pretty hot topic, at least with us. It will always probably be a hot topic with us. Well, that was this was after that the NXT burner match, so the barn burn, you know, the Adam Cole Pete Dunn. Yeah, so but they, right but those that. guys, so, the crowd didn't really care until the end. So it's just it's like probably the fiend. It's probably the fiend type. It's probably the red lighting takes people out of it. I'm sure that's what it is. Well, this is probably one of the fiends' better matches here, and I'm not surprised by that because Daniel Bryan's just incredible. And I was thinking about this too, like where Daniel Bryan's got to be like a top five worker ever. Right. I mean, like at some point you have to put this guy on your list. I mean, it's literally impossible at this point not to at least mention him in, in like a top five or at least argue that he's a top five wrestler of all time. Right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's like, if you ever want to have a good match, just put Daniel Bryan in it. And you know, you're going to get something special. Well, you know, he, he, he was probably a top five worker before he even stepped foot in the WWE. And then yeah. and then he did. And then he fucking super exceeded and became literally one of the greatest ever. And it's like at some point, and no one ever brings him up like that, and especially lately because he's just been kind of putting people over and doing his rounds and stuff. Mm. But he's gotten everything over. The yes thing, the new Daniel Bryan thing, the team hell no thing, he has literally gotten everything ever over. Yeah, because when he came back, after he retired and then came back, I'm like, there's no way... After that type of story that anybody is going to ever boo Daniel Bryan ever again. I just thought it was impossible. And he did it. And it's just like, wow. Like at some point, this guy has got to be. And then even here, he brings The Fiend to one of his best matches. If not, probably one of the, I don't want to say the best matches at because I don't I don't want to go there. Well, the but, Fiend wasn't eating 82 curb stomps. So, you know, it's was, it was a lot better. And the Bukaki knee took him, dude, it took him down to like a two count. So, Daniel Bryan's better than Seth His Rollins. His HP bar was getting down, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. His, Daniel Bryan was getting there. And and there was a lot of cool spots, like the mandible claw on the ropes where the where Daniel Bryan turns into an arm bar. There was some really cool stuff because Daniel Bryan's just great. It, was, it wasn't a long match by any means, but it was fun. And, like, it was, you know, Daniel Bryan did his job and The Fiend was the motherfucking Fiend. And I just was thinking about that as I was watching this. I'm like, there's at some point, at some point, you have to mention Daniel Bryan as like a top five worker ever. You just have to. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And again, when he first came in and they dumbed him down for the original NXT, I was like, oh man, he's not going to make it. And then he that was all part of the plan. Yeah. That was part of Daniel Bryan's plan. He told me in person. <laughs> he sent an email. No, Wait. he did. When I met him in uh, in his hometown, he was telling me that. he. Oh, like you went on fucking planted plants with him and stuff. I did. He was telling me that. He was like, I purposely acted like an idiot and was like really dumb because Michael Cole was supposed to yell at me and stuff. And that was the gimmick. And I was like, oh, shit, that's cool. 
Did he uh did he talk about wanting to go to uh Japan? <laughs> no. Nah. Gato move. Did he talk about that at all? He uh, said he's gonna retire in about a year. He's gonna go to Gato Move and then Yeah, dude, go... I want to talk to Daniel Bryan now, actually. I would love to do an interview with Daniel Bryan because I would love to ask him about Gato Move and what his, his thoughts are on uh Gato Move in general. I think that would be a very interesting interview. Yeah, it would be really cool because uh he didn't really hold anything back, nor did he care. He's like, I'm Daniel Bryan. I can say whatever I want. So he doesn't like, care, Let's dude. Go. That's what's awesome. He like literally doesn't give a shit about it. He will literally say anything. It's fantastic. He's fantastic. He, again, he's probably top five workers of all time. Guaranteed. He's got to be. I mean, I, I, there's just so much that he's done. And like, he, and like I said, even before he set foot in WWE, he didn't even have to. And he did. And he succeeded. And it's just like, he not only succeeded, he blew through expectations i'm so. trying to think back like right now i'm like all right let's name like five really bad daniel bryan matches i'm like having a hard time even thinking of i can't even daniel think bryan of one yeah i can't even think of one daniel bryan match i've watched where i was like nah that kind of sucked i've never i don't think i've ever said that ever that's nuts isn't that nuts to think about <laughs> I was still thinking back to like the Kane stuff and I'm like, was there some bad stuff? But it was all entertaining at the time too. And I'm just like, ah. like yeah, I mean, if you go to it, 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 I'm it, on his Wikipedia now. Holy crap. Does he have a list of accolades that go on forever and ever and ever fucking Meltzer named a fucking award after him, dude. He, he changed the best technical wrestler award name to like the Brian Danielson award. Cause he just won it 20 years in a row. He even won best non wrestler in 2017. Like that's how awesome he was back then. Even when he wasn't wrestling. He's just, he's, there's, I mean, he's the talking be. smack stuff was fantastic. Like, yeah, dude. Yeah. When he was just Smackdown shooting to fisting. <laughs> yeah. He was just shooting. Like, that's awesome. Like, good Lord. He's gotta be. He absolutely has AJ, to be. You think the earth is flat? Oh Go my God. Feet are flat. Age, dude. Yeah. He got so pissed off. No, I'm just saying there's some things. <laughs> so yeah, you think the earth is flat. So yeah, I'm just, yeah, you're probably right. Like, it's weird because. It's not a discussion no, very often because people always are like Steve Austin, Hogan, you know, The Rock or whatever. But like, yeah, because you always think of like top five. You're like Hogan, Austin, Rock, Cena, Sean, Baker, yeah. Sean. It's like, but at some, point, at some point, yeah, yeah at some point, change. Daniel Bryan has to come up into that list because for, for this generation, man, like Daniel Bryan might be that guy as much as, you know, as much as WWE probably doesn't want that to be a thing. I mean, it has to be. Well, like you were saying, even like Danielson before he came and like ROH and stuff, like, man. Bangers. Bangers. could have just never came to WWE and would have had like a Hall of Fame career, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, he would have been, yeah, people would have known him regardless. Um, but he came into a place where like he had to change his skill set up and he just, he did. He just did. And that's crazy. It's wild, man. It's wild. So we had uh, the 5-on-5-on-5 five 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 men's Survivor Series triple threat elimination match, which is just like the women's, but it's men time. Uh, it was Team SmackDown, Team Raw, and Team NXT. NXT got announced. It was Tommaso Ciampa, Damian Priest, Matt Riddle, Keith Lee, and Water. And uh, it was interesting. So the first get-go of the match was pretty boring for the most part, to be honest with you. So um, Matt Riddle and Walter, or at least well, I think Walter might have went out like pretty like first or like pretty early. People were not happy about that shit. Um, <laughs> but Walter went out pretty early. Everybody else went out. It, the match wasn't great until the very end. The match really started. The match kicked into overdrive the minute it turned into Roman Reigns and Keith Lee. To everyone's surprise, Keith Lee was like the final guy. Like no Raw, 
no NXT other than Keith Lee, and it's just Roman Reigns. So it was just Roman Reigns from Team SmackDown and Keith Lee from Team NXT. And Roman and Keith had a hell of a little sequence, dude. It was awesome. So um, the crowd is going nuts for Keith Lee, who is just hitting everything he can on Roman Reigns. You know what I mean? Of course, Roman Reigns ends up coming back. They had a, a fantastic ending sequence, which ended with uh, Reigns hitting the spear and calling it a day and getting the W. But I was like, I was really kind of blown away that like Keith Lee was the guy that they decided to do that with, because um, that really put some fire underneath them. The issue it, with with this kind of stuff though with WB is like you see this shit and then like it just over the next like week it just dissipates and then they never mention it again. And then remember Dolph Ziggler? You remember we were talking about like Dolph Ziggler be like. He, he, he like saved Sting or beat Sting or something. Like oh Survivor yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, and like yeah, that just it. dissipated. They never fucking. Well, he came out it. and it was like crazy, and I was like, oh yeah, that was awesome. And then they never talk about it ever. Yeah, again. then they just and yeah, pushed it off to the side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but I did see like timeline and people were talking. Keith Lee, they must love him. He's going to Raw and SmackDown any day now. <laughs> yeah, right out that door now. Going down on Raw now, <laughs> Keith Lee. <laughs> Your wildest dreams can come true. Just walk through this door, Alakazoom. <laughs> Alakazoo, have fun in hell. <laughs> yeah, that that was uh, that was really. I really dope. hope. I really like want to be an optimistic and hope that they're gonna do the best with Keith Lee and give him the world. Now, you know what I mean. It's hard. It's just hard to be optimistic, man. When all you've known is shit getting shoved down your throat forever. You know what I mean? Like forever. When you when when I can literally pick moments, a ton of moments where like this exact thing happened and nothing came of it. It's just like WWE has a track record of that shit. You know, they have a track record of letting shit just go. Um, it's that main roster stink, you know, and they called, get called up, and then they're like, oh, this guy was sweet in NXT, and it's like, ah, yeah. not anymore. Nah, we good. He's going to cool off, and we're going to just let him do nothing. Like, I remember how awesome Drew Galloway McIntyre was when he was doing the indie stuff, and he was like, he was I am the fucking the business. And, yeah. And then he came in, and he's like, I mean, what he had he some doing? cool NXT stuff, but then now he's just kind of uh, maybe I don't know. I, I feel know. I kind of feel bad for those guys. Like I was, if NXT went to TV with the crop of guys they had before this crop of guys, oh man, it would have been a hundred times better. Drew McIntyre, Andrade, Aleister Black, Ricochet, like yeah, dude, NXT would have kicked fucking ass. Are you kidding me? But then instead they went with like Gargano and you know what I mean? Like it's just like the, the, the crop <laughs> yeah. definitely, it definitely isn't the crop they had before. Um, they had a fucking Viking Raiders on NXT and just like, good Lord, man. They, AOP they, was super over at one point. Yeah, they AOP were, they were super they, over they, and like fucking cool. I remember they had an awesome war game. I mean, wasn't AOP and Roderick strong in a war games or something? Yeah, he put the little Roderick. jacket on <laughs> and then he, he turned on him and joined. Yeah. You know when he turned. Yeah. I'm pretty sure like, that was when they, when he joined. He just put on the armband and like I am part of your group. <laughs> yeah, he said you guys know Matt, you guys remember about, the Mount Rushmore's yet, right? Well, we're just gonna do that. <laughs> I was just thinking about what is the greatest war games match. Speaking of war games, I don't know. And I was like, oh, AOP had a pretty sweet one. And then uh, just, none, none of the ones this year were the best. Now we're going down a rabbit hole of great moments in NXT that were. Crazy. It's easy too because there was a lot of good moments. It's just not so much right now for me. Yeah, I get. It. But the but the Reigns and Keith Lee stuff was kick ass and. If I were, it's funny because Reigns is like, they didn't boo when Reigns won. And that's, I don't know. I was reading, I was like, that's good. <laughs> I was reading they want Reigns to go over on The Fiend, which is, uh, that'll be interesting to see how that plays out. Um, just to see what the, the audience does. 
I don't I mind mean, him going less, to I don't care. It's been less like Roman Reigns getting shoved down your throat than usual. You know, like it was usually. He hasn't like been Roman pushing Reigns forever, show. it feels like. Yeah, he hasn't done it. Like, it's been a while. We cooled him off a little bit. So maybe, maybe it'll be acceptable. I don't know. As long as he doesn't have like these dumb scripted promos and suffering. Suffering. Suck son. Like, what? <laughs> What'd you just say? <laughs> oh, man, that was bad. Because, I mean, I. I loved the shield and I thought he was great in the shield. And then whatever they decided to do when he was out of there, they just, I don't know. Hopefully like they don't just bear it. Like, like it's not Seth Rollins all over again, you know, like 18 speed. <laughs> That's on Seth. Superman punch. And then it's <laughs> That's over the Seth. fiend. That's what's going to happen. Um, yeah, but that turned out cool for Keith Lee. I'm glad that he got what he got there. That was dope. Um, we already talked about Lesnar and Ray and, there's not a lot to talk about with the main event, man, to be honest with you. They did, they did Shayna Baszler versus Becky versus Bailey. Bailey had some new music, new gear. Um, Shayna came out. She ended up winning the match where she tapped out Bailey. Becky Lynch keeps her heat afterwards, beating up Shayna, who won absolutely nothing. Put her through a table. Yeah, <laughs> won absolutely fucking nothing. Um, but it, the crowd was just, the crowd was not even giving this an inch. And, and it, it, honestly, they, they, they didn't. They didn't even try to win him over. They just kept to the. They just kept to the same agent agent match. You know, WWE agent match that they were given, um, which which is always going to work against WWE people. Is you know, if the if whatever they were given doesn't get over, then they're not going to get over. They don't even try to. Sw- you know, they don't even try to mix it. Yeah, up they, uh, yeah, that different. is that is wild to think about in WWE. They they rarely do that. They just like, oh, here's here's what the agent said. Let's do it. They don't ever. All right, let's let's get the crowd back into this and switch it up. Like. Back in the old days, back in my day, they uh, <laughs> they used to do that. They would be like, "Oh, well, this crowd isn't into this. Let's do something different." They don't do that anymore. They're they would, like, yeah, well, they would drop is- it. They would drop a headlock and then come up with something else. And like they, that's they just don't. They just kind of follow the match and then let it go. And like the crowd didn't give a shit. And I'm pretty sure I saw people getting up and leaving during this match too. So it it, it just it, it felt was flat. one of those things again though. The, there were no stakes here though. It was like, yeah, Shayna won even- nothing. Congrats on your big W. She won and then got her ass beat, and then that was it. <laughs> here's her, here's her big win, dummy. <laughs> Becky Lynch just hung out. Becky Lynch didn't do shit this whole match, but hung, she hung out on the ring and then poked her head and looked above the ring every once in a while. And then she hung out on the outside, <laughs> and then uh, Shayna wins, and then uh, of course the the pay per view ends with Becky holding her belt up and the music going off. Huh? Well, I guess Shayna didn't win too much from this. It looks like, <laughs> and it just makes me wonder after this whole thing, like. Is, are they just going to never talk about this again? It, it's probably what's going to happen, right? They're never going to mention the brand. Like, NXT should have a flag at WWE headquarters now, right? <laughs> yeah, they like, should have something. Tower should have a flag that says NXT, and, like, you should have, like, Roderick Strong showing up strutting all down the office, and, like, Vince should be hugging Shayna Baszler. It should be, like, the greatest moment ever, but they won't do It's that. just so disconnected. It's just everything's so dis... The, the, the shows are in a bubble, man, and they're just so disconnected from everything else. Like, <laughs> Vince... <laughs> If they went to the WWE offices, like no one you knew would even be there. Like it's such a different. Like Vince would never be in a segment. Like what they should. Okay, they, literally, like the easiest thing they should have done is been like, whoever, whichever brand wins, will get like a pay raise. You'll get, you'll make more money on your paycheck if you win this whole tournament or win the whole like Survivor Series. NXT we'll likes to do the money, money thing, but WWE hates doing the money thing for whatever reason. I don't know why. I don't understand why. Like anybody in life can relate to getting a pay raise like how, how do people not understand that like everybody wants to make more money at their shitty jobs so yeah yeah like, <laughs> yeah just do that dude 
like it's the easiest psychology is like just pay them more money or do and but then they're just gonna raw is gonna happen it's gonna survivor series is over and it's it's just a problem with wwe though because they box themselves into these gimmick pay-per-views so every pay-per-view has to have a gimmick and it's like oh we got hell in the cell we got tlc we got survivor games is starting to become that dude it's all got to be a gimmick and it's like remember when like they had to make the matches because this feud was so insane that like Taker wanted Steve Austin's blood, so like they had to have a first blood match. That's what that's I like, like where it's going with AEW, where like the inner circle and like Cody's gang are like beating the living shit out of each other, and they're like you know injuring each other and bleeding, and like that's obviously going to lead to a big stable match where they're going to do a gimmick. Um, yeah, and like that's dope. But like this year, the War Games was like, all right, pick your teams, everybody. All right, everyone go to one <laughs> side and pick your teams, and now you guys are going to face off in the hellacious sinister structure. <laughs> it's like, huh, this is an interesting way to do this. Like the only one that I think that works, and it always worked, was Royal Rumble because it was like the gimmick that gets you to WrestleMania. So that's that probably the best gimmick match the, ever. Yeah. I mean, Survivor Series was also a staple of WWE, but now it's not the same as it used to be. I don't. It's not the Thanksgiving tradition that I remember, but I yeah. don't know. I don't know. Dude, I'm thinking about it. Yeah, a... Royal Rumble's got to be the best gimmick of all time. Is there, yeah. is there any... I mean, WWE has some of the best gimmicks of all time. Money in the Bank is probably one of the best gimmicks ever. Um, Royal Rumble. It's because you all... You win something. for win- <laughs> You get something out of winning it. Yeah, you win and you get a prize and the prize gives you a championship match. And that's pretty cool. And it makes the titles mean a lot. Like, yeah, there's like some legit, like those have got to be two of the best gimmick matches and you have ever. To, people are in the back, like trying to, I remember when they're trying to trade numbers and stuff. Hey, yeah, yeah dude, that was awesome. Eddie was trying to like gimmick the fucking shit. I used to love that stuff. Uh, they don't really do that anymore, but I used to love that stuff. Um, but yeah, yeah, that's the Bro Rumble's got to be the greatest of all. Well, time. they used to, well, it's just like, and that's what I'm talking about where the product's in a bubble where. You know, back in the day, they used to take the they used to fill in the holes between the stuff. It's like during the Royal Rumble, you have to draw for your number. So, you know, more than likely, people like Eddie Guerrero or something would try to lie, cheat, and steal their way into a better number. Yeah, yeah. But exactly. like they're not they're not worried about that anymore. They're like, eh, get in the ring, and Corey Graves will either call you shitty or he'll say you're good. And it's just like that's that's all there is. There's no filling in the gaps in between like gimmicks, and it, it and it makes it harder for people to get over. Like I I, I like if you were to put people from even Ruthless Aggression Era into today's TV, um, they better learn how to do a Canadian Destroyer or they're not going to get over. So Yeah. Because exactly. there's nothing to, else to get them over with. Like, they don't, they don't get... The platform is just completely different than it used to be. It's way different. Um, way different than it used to be. Um, I agree. So, Survivor Series overall, I think there were some high points. Uh, I, like I said, I think Lesnar versus Mysterio was my favorite. Um, Cole versus Dunn ended up being pretty good. The Fiend versus Daniel Bryan was, you know, it it was, it was good. Daniel Bryan really, really did that. Um, I don't think either of the elimination matches were great. Um, the Reigns and Lee stuff was fun. Main event was iffy. Roderick, AJ, and Shinsuke could have delivered a little more, but it was, you know, it was better than. I'll be honest with you, I didn't expect shit from that match. <laughs> I didn't expect yeah. nothing. I thought I thought it was going to be garbage, uh, just because I just knew where they're all at in their careers and stuff. But uh, they ended up doing okay. Um, what do you think? Yeah. I think, again, it did what it was supposed to do, as always does Survivor Series. Again, I just don't like the big cluster of, like, the team versus team versus team. It's just too much for me, like, because you're trying to get, like, all these people in, get the eliminations, 20, 30, 40-minute matches, and it's just it's a little bit much. Maybe 
I don't know. Maybe they need to switch something up. I don't know. It yeah, just seems maybe. like five on five on five and triple threat and elimination is it's crazy. But again, like Adam Cole, Bray Wyatt, Brock, all that stuff's good. But it's just when they get like these things for nothing with the yeah. big elimination matches that don't mean anything because there's no stipulations. There's nothing on the line. They don't even make more money or anything. It's just nothing. What is the point? What is the point? Um, maybe I'm just old school and I like that gimmick stuff where it's like it needs to mean something. Or yeah, I mean everyone does. Like, yeah, what it, like everyone does, you know. Like I think like I said, there's a place for all this shit on the court. Like I think there's a place for a workhorse match, like a Dunn versus Cole or whatever, you know. I think there's a place for all that shit on the court. Yeah. You know, um but ma- yes, matches are more fun when there's something that goes out of them. <laughs> I think that's really I'm not asking for like a you know, like a uh, like an old school work the arm, you know, and then he'll, you know, yeah. win his yeah, number yeah, one yeah, contender yeah. thing. You know, I'm just, just something heat. Give me something to care about. Um, it's like NXT is the winner of Survivor Series. They went up or, yeah, what's that what mean? mean? What does yeah. that mean? <laughs> Congrats. What does that even mean? So, uh, we had NXT takeover war games also this weekend. Um, that was on Saturday. Uh, yeah, interesting show it was only four matches on the card they had a pre-show match i think for the first time ever they had angel, uh, angel garza versus uh, isaiah scott which was mm-hmm. an okay match it was quick uh, they did the thing but on the actual card we had two war games matches and by the second one i'm like okay no, we can't do two war first off we can't do this every year second off we can't do two war games matches on the same card because i'm like yeah. damn there's a, a I, I will say this much the women's match was better than the men's match one because the men's match was literally like, was literally just them doing stuff, it, and, yeah. and it wasn't even great yeah. stuff. Like it wasn't even better than the war game stuff they did before. Like if you're gonna do war games again where you're just doing stuff, then like it has to be better than you did before. I will say the Champa Adam Cole air raid crash off the top was the fucking dopest shit in the world. I love that. Was that. insane. Yeah, that was oh. awesome. I don't know how Champa didn't break his ass on that. Like, how do you not break your tailbone going ass first through tables? Like, I don't get it. Yeah, that that was crazy. I couldn't even believe they did that. When he said, was setting him up for the air raid crash, I was like, okay, they're not going to do that. They're going to do something else. And he said, whoop. I said, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that ain't going to get on now. How do you not break your ass on that? I don't know. Yeah, that was superhuman. Absolutely nuts. Um, easily the best part of the match, and it's not even close. Um, Kevin Owens came in for this match, and he, he ended up working on Team Champa. Um, he he teased a package pile driver, which he didn't freaking do. Which I was like, "Come on, man, do the damn package pile driver." He's supposed to be back at NXT. It's supposed to be a big thing. He ends up not doing it. Um, but he takes a fucking Canadian. T- I swear to God, every Adam Cole match is a Canadian destroyer. So the Can- he takes he ends up taking the Canadian destroyer on the um the middle of the ring, which was really really nuts. Like that spot was crazy too. Um, but other than that, it was like you know, here's Keith Lee not being a big guy. Here's you know, Dijak not being a big guy it's like all right mm. yeah that's here's bobby fish you know overselling some stuff or uh, kyle o'reilly <laughs> my bad yeah yeah yeah. it's like okay yeah, it was cool though to see the throwback of ko with his gear and like the tron and everything that was neat that was, that was neat really cool. i like ko coming out that was really cool um but i think that the women's match had a little more to offer in terms of like actual things happening like dakota kai attacking tegan knox and then mm-hmm. um you know it being down four to two and then you know, Rhea Ripley looking like a fucking monster working her way back and ended up picking up the W. Like, that's... There was a lot going yeah. on here. Um, yeah, and the handcuff where she handcuffed her and then put her through the chairs. That was awesome. And it wasn't even necessarily anything, like, 
too crazy like it wasn't an air raid crash off the top of the cage but like there was like there was just a lot of good stuff in the match just period yeah and the story um, of dakota kai is great yeah and it worked it worked perfectly into the the war games match and you know io shirai doing the moons off the top was cool i will say this but WWE like missed a ton of angles on this dude like they missed their camera work on this was terrible i don't know what was yeah. going on yeah they did they did um they had the two middle matches where it was like pete dunn and Dan Pete Dunne, Damian Priest, and Killian Dane was not good. Um, that went 20 minutes. It just was not good at all. Um, once again, yeah, it was just yeah, that I, NXT I pretty much psychology. That thing out. It right, was, it was uh, just the no- NXT psychology, right? And it was a weird, like, number one contender for the NXT championship, but it really didn't feel like, I don't know. It, just- it, was, it, was, it, it went too long, first off. It went way too long, first off. Um, and just... They were just doing ridiculous shit that didn't make any sense at all. Like none of it, none of it made any fucking sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's I just like no clue what was going on. I don't know. I'm always in a psychology of like you want to win the match as fast as possible, but apparently these dudes don't care about that. They just want to have like 80 minute bangers and. Damian Priest did a fucking tope over the top rope, and no one said a word. No, no, <laughs> no one said a word. The crowd didn't care. Damian Priest, like seven foot tall, did a tope over the top. He did the Undertaker spot, and no one cared a single bit about it's it. It's because a lot of these moves now have been turned like. You know, Jake the Snake invented the DDT, and then like now it's just like a common move. Like, yeah, I mean, wrestling like he, has definitely progressed. I feel like he invented the Canadian Destroyer or something like it, <laughs> it's a common move. You know what I mean? Like, well, they also had Finn Balor like versus Matt play. Riddle that was in the middle of the card. That match was not good either. That um, was another one where I was like, oh, I couldn't believe I, people on Twitter were because I said before the event, I'm like, this match is not going to be good. <laughs> like, this is not going to be a good match. And people were like, well, Balor's a new guy. I'm like, no, he's not. How many times has Balor said he's a new guy in WWE? He has said it like a hundred times and he never is. I mean, like what if his matches are just boring all the time? It's the Shinsuke AJ thing where it's like his best matches are behind him. And, and that's, that's fine. I mean, is. that, you know, that's fine. Um, it's but just, just how you know, it is. It's just the way that it's going to be from now on. It's, I mean, I'll give him this much that he's able to continually say that he, you know, I, the fact that he's able to keep that amount of relevance is kind of nuts to me. Um, <laughs> what were you saying? His career? I think we were talking about this before. We're like, his career was like, hey, remember when I was in New Japan and I was like, yeah, that's Isn't everything that like he does. <laughs> remember when I was, remember when I had that really good 2013? Uh, yes, dude. We, we remember all that. All he does is do the gun. <laughs> yeah, I had a really good 2013. You guys know that? Yes, dude. We know that. All he has to say is real. And people go, oh, shit. Oh, my back. God. We saw the gifts of that. Real rock and roller <laughs> is back. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I, I, I want to like him, but I just like I have nothing to really like fond over or anything. I don't know? hate Finn Balor. I just don't think it's like he definitely uh, ain't moving the needle for me. Yeah, yeah. It's just it's just not the Finn Balor of the old. And people keep thinking, oh, he's back, he's back. No more main roster to hold him back. Nah, that <laughs> yeah. Ain't what if, yeah. What if he wasn't being held back at all? <laughs> it's just gonna... So uh, he just doesn't care. He yeah, just wants I mean, to he just he's just hanging out, man. He's just living his life. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, get your paycheck, do whatever you want. It's just. I mean, you think about it. These guys, whether they go out there and go crazy and break their neck, or they just have like a WWE safe style match, they're still going to get paid the same. So what's the difference? I mean, everybody, nobody in WWE is becoming a megastar. So like, just <laughs> that's why that's why everything's become so complacent. Because what's the what's the what's the reason for working any harder <laughs> than you have to? Because. WWE's just gonna cut you off at the fucking knees. And like, I don't know. Ask Adam Cole. He does eighteen <laughs> destroyers. Well, there's always those guys that are like, "I'll break the died. mold. I'm gonna die for this company." <laughs> I respect the hustle. The air raid crash on the top. Hey, I respect the hustle. <laughs> I respect the hustle of Adam Cole dying every night. Like that's, hey, that's good. Like if you if you want to take more air raid crash on the top, I'm fucking. I'll be here to go. Woo! It, reminds you, 
it, it reminds me of like Darby Allen. I'm not going to live for a long time, so I'm just going to kill myself in that ring. That fucking rules. That is the best character in wrestling. I don't want to do this wrestling shit forever, so I'm just going to kill myself <laughs> before I have to. Like, this is awesome. This character yeah, kicks how, ass. That's how, that's how some of the NXT guys are. Adam Cole and Gargano is just going to wither away one day after all the head bumps he takes. Dude, dude Darby Allen. Now you got me fucking Darby Allen hype. You got, that might be one of my favorite guys this year, man. We can get an AEW after this. But. Well, once he cut that promo where he was like, I'm not doing this shit forever. You're not going to see me in 30 years doing this bullshit. <laughs> like, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> like, oh my God, this guy rules. Hell yeah, die for this business, baby. Yeah, there's a lot to talk about Darby Allen, AEW and stuff. I am super over with Darby Allen. Like one yeah. of my favorite characters right now. In, uh, He's AEW. a fucking man, dude. Yeah. Um, we can go ahead and move on. There, there's nothing else to talk about with War Games. We already honestly. talked about the War Games stuff. Adam Cole dying and then coming yeah. out with taped ribs and working Survivor Series. Yeah, it was interesting. It was okay. It was very weird. It was the WWE fine. shows this weekend were okay, and that's the thing. They weren't like I'm, you know, I I was fine watching them. They're okay. I didn't think they were garbage, but they were just. It was just odd okay. to me to end like an hour and a half before the show usually ends. <laughs> this War Games was over like super early, and I was like, oh, I have time to do activities now. What do I do now? Yeah, that was nice, and that's one of the biggest things for NXT for me is like I can just, you know, it ends at nine thirty. Oh, I got time to do shit now. Like I could, you know, go clean the kitchen or whatever. It's great. The, yeah, it was um, weird. I was like, all right. Well, it's funny because I watched NXT and then I was like, oh, I'll just, you know, I'll go do something else. And then, like, I looked on, you know, DDT Universe and there was a DDT show on. And, like, I immediately tune in to DDT and I watched, like, it was like an Antonio Honda and Miyu Yamashita tag team match. I'm like, shit, this is better than anything I watched on TakeOver. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oh, man, I am biased. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Uh, and that's why I am the 100% biased journalist. That's my the gimmick. Facts. Yes, sir. <laughs> so uh, we also had AEW this past week, which was a pretty damn good show, to be honest with you, man. Um, the main event with Darby Allen and and, uh, and John Moxley Mox. was nuts. Just absolutely nuts. You caught that, right? Yeah, of course, dude. Like Darby Allen started off right away with the tope and like the belt didn't even ring and they brawled forever and then. It's it just dope. like crazy. And he tried to break freaking Moxley's fingers or something at one point. <laughs> Finger pervert. He put it in between like the turnbuckle and he was like standing on it. It was disgusting. Oh my gosh. Dude, Darby is a star. He's a star. I don't, I don't know how much like. He, he had that sweet package where he was like crowd surfing in a body bag at a concert. Did and then they that? brought him to the show in the body bag. Yeah, from that the was concert. wild. That was so and he cool. skateboarded down the ramp with the GoPro on the skateboard. Dude. I was sad they didn't cut to the GoPro angle, but maybe they'll use it. Maybe they're saving that for video packages. But that was that was cool. I like Dude, he's a star. He's one of my favorite characters, yeah. He's, you see people in the crowd with the half face paint, like that is connecting with people. Like yeah, it's he, he rules. With... He's like the shit. Like there's a couple of people that like people people will say maybe they don't have stars, but like they have definitely created a few guys that are are gonna be their guys for a while like scorpio's guy is a star now like and darby allen reho like, like i would have never thought that he would have been a star like he would have been i don't know mjf when is I, pretty made yeah there's a lot of guys darby allen is absolutely made and there's no ifs ands or buts about that whatsoever i mean dude dude walked into aew and just took advantage of every single bit of time that they gave him like all of it anytime they allowed him on tv they were just like he, he just took it and just ran with it I mean, 
Well, here's a wild thing they did. They they had a really awesome video package that told like who he was and showed like his skateboarding stuff and like gave like a deep dive on the character. Yeah, and it was like very like you could connect with that character right away because you're like, oh, okay, so this is the guy. This is who he is, and yeah, it's they super don't really do that yeah. in wrestling. They it's never super do that easy to get into him. No, they don't do that. They don't do that at all. Um, he's like one one of my favorite parts about Darby is like. He sells for bigger, he sells for his size, which is really cool. Like, you know, John Moxley is not a huge dude, but he's a pretty statured dude. Like he's like, you know, mid six foot something Mm -hmm. and like, you know, 200 something pounds. He's a pretty big dude. Um, and like when Darby went for the cross body on John, like John Moxley literally stood there and Darby bounced off of him. And I was like, the old no mercy puff your chest out. Yeah, dude, it was awesome. Like, I love that spot. So, I mean, Darby sells for dudes that are bigger than him. And everything he does has a purpose. He's just like, he's the best. He, he is, he is definitely like one of the guys that being on TNT, like has been made, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Like everything he does makes sense. He has to like put his whole body into it to try and like beat these people that are much bigger than him. But he somehow like you think he might squeak by, but he doesn't. And it's like, oh, man, just wait for that moment when he but he's does, always he's over when he loses. Like, yet yeah, the other guy goes over, but Darby always comes out, like, looking just as good. And, like, that's good wrestling. When someone go- when someone goes over and they get the rub and, like, he still gets out over, that's how you know you, you had a good-ass wrestling match. When, when, when that's, like the, that's, like, the premier wrestling match is when one guy goes over and gets over and the other guy loses and still gets over. That's when you know you, you have Moxley, something. who's like, "You're one tough son of a bitch," but I'm still the man. And it's like, damn. I want right, to see. I want to see like Moxley, like, like Darby's at a bar or something, and Mox just comes up and like buys him a drink or something, and just walks away or something. Just like something slides like, a like, yeah, just gives shot him a little of Jack res- Daniels down the slides down the bar, and then yeah, just a little respect thing, you know. I think that would be pretty cool for them to do. Um, this was probably like one of my favorite TV match. I was I was thinking like when I finished watching, I was like, damn, this was like maybe my favorite TV match this year. I was like, I can't think of any TV match I like more than this in any company, period. I've watched all year. It was just from start to finish, like wild. And then the paradigm shift at the end off the second rope was insane. And yeah, I don't know. It was, just, it was, it was, it was like, there was a couple of spots in there. The catch, he, he did the coffin drop and he caught him into the sleeper. And it was maybe the oh, most yeah, that was, perfect that was thing too. I've ever seen in my life. Um, and the match was just like, it just felt like there was no agent to this at all. And they were just moving with the match. It was just going as they were going. And like, it was, it was awesome. I love, like, I literally love this shit to death. Um, Moxley and, and, and Allen are AEW stars. Absolutely. Yeah. Cause you, <laughs> it was a telling thing though, with Moxley leaving WWE, like, is he really going to break out and be a, all that he can be? But he really has. And he's been amazing. Have, having matches like this and like, I love, again, it's that time limit, TV time limit remaining. We always talk about yep. it. It's like, yep. oh, I was just thinking, is it going to go to a draw? Is Darby only going to get the win? What's going to happen? We only have like two there, minutes left. Yeah, there was a lot were, going on. I was, yeah, dude, it really did add to that a ton. It's like that drama, like, oh, they're going to run out of time. What's going to happen? And you just keep looking at the clock. They have two minutes. Oh, he's going to coffin drop. Oh, paradigm shift. It's over. That ruled. God, I st- I'm still thinking about that like today. Like this morning, I was still thinking about that match. I'm like, damn, that paradise shit was hot. <laughs> that was a good finish, man. That was good. And I feel like after this, like Moxley is gonna, I think he's gonna be like a main contender for that title whenever that is. Oh, he'll be, he'll hold that title eventually. I don't know when, but 
Is he going to be the one to take down Jericho? That seems like such a WWE match, though. Like, it's so... I mean, they have to do a lights out match, baby. (laughs) (laughs) What if they, I mean, if they gimmick it up, why not? You know, like, I I think if, I don't, I don't know how it plays out. Um, I I don't know how that plays out in a singles match, but if they were to gimmick it up, they find something to do a gimmick with. Sure. Why not? You know, they they release the AEW rankings every Friday. I don't even know if they, what are the rankings for this week? Do we even know? I think John's number one. I think then it's inevitable, right? That he's going to have a. Title match anytime soon. Yeah, I mean, is that how they Hikari, do it? Shida, I'm trying she, to. She became number one contender. I know that. Well, yeah, it changes on a, a weekly basis. I think she won a number one contender match, though. No, she beat Britt Baker, who was five and she was number one. Britt was or Britt well, was. It number, wasn't. It wasn't a number one contender match. Then it was just. It was just like number one versus number two rankings. Okay. Because yeah. I felt like it almost felt like it was like all right, if you win, you're number one contender. But it was. It was just the rankings. Just yeah, I don't think I don't think I remember them saying it was number one, but technically it was because it was for the number one spot. So they just didn't call it like that. Okay, so then I'm looking at the rankings now. So, uh, with the men, Pac is number one actually, and then Mox. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Okay. Pac and Pac and Jericho. Wow. Their top guys are really good. Like Mox, Darby Allen. Pac, Jericho can deliver when he needs to. I mean, like he Cody's over like Rover. Cody. I don't know what the deal is, but he's like he's cracked, bro. Like this dude's wild. Like can't do anything wrong. And they really haven't even scratched the surface with Omega either. Like I feel like he's going crazy. Did you see the promo they did where he's like, "Yeah, put put more weight on one side, on one side, yeah, one side." <laughs> he put fifteen pounds on. I think it was a five pound weight. <laughs> yeah, he, he was dude. Like, like 60 pounds. Like, yeah. The only thing I didn't like was like, he tried to be, I don't know, maybe it was just me, but I was like, he was like super serious. It was like a serious tone. And then it was like, put more weight. And it was like this jokey. Well, that's the thing. That's his gimmick, right? Is that he's losing his fucking mind. Is that he's literally going crazy. I thought that was dope. I thought it was funny as hell. Just because I saw it it panned out. It was like, there's like five on each side. He's like, I was like, all right, yeah, this is old school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, that was cool. Omega's Omega's definitely a, a work in progress for them, and I was, you know, they're they're trying to give him a character. It's so crazy because like you think after his run in Japan, you'd be like, all right, he's going to be like the first champion, he's going to be like the top dog, and he's going to hold this company on his back. But it's not like that at all. It was a good decision to not do that. And I, I when I when I first saw I it, I'm so like, too. yeah, when I first saw it, I was like, oh, that's a not a good decision at all. But I think they made a good decision not doing that, to be honest. Because then now they have like Darby Allen and Moxley and all these guys that weren't, you know, like. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people ended up taking that slot. So like. Even like Ray Phoenix now after his match. Dude, Ray rules. Yeah, the Ray Phoenix and Nick match was really good. (laughs) It was really good. And it was crazy because they said it was like 200 some matches that Nick Jackson has been in a singles match. Like. That's crazy. It's been years. Years. It's like, oh my God, that's nuts to think about. They've been tagging, just straight up tagging. That's crazy. That's nuts. Are they leading to another Young Bucks Lucha Brothers match? Is that how? Ah, it's shit, I'll take it. That ladder like match it? they had was crazy. Because they did like the whole like I'm not gonna shake your hand thing at the end of the match, so it was kind of like I think they'll all I uh, think they'll have an internal feud because they're just they both consider themselves to be the number one tag teams. So yeah. like I think like it'll just last forever pretty much. I think the Lucha Brothers are actually ranked number one in kayfabe. Whatever they should be. AEW yeah, stuff. they should be. I mean, in my mind, they're the top tier tag team. They always put on crazy matches. It's crazy to think, like, I was always, like, bigger on Pentagon. 
I mean, just because he yeah, was, like, just because we saw while. him more, he gimmicked more. Yeah, and Phoenix. even the stuff with Sammy Callahan and Impact that he did was crazy. But Phoenix is next level worker. He doesn't yeah, he doesn't lean into the gimmick as much as as Pentagon does. And even with Phoenix, I could tell like some of the stuff he kind of was like not a botch, but it was kind of like a misstep, you know. But he still recovered and was like insane anyway. Yeah, it was like, just from like. Second rope to top rope to the other rope, and it's like, what the heck? Yeah, that shit's crazy. It was a hell of an opener, too. That was a good idea to open the show with that, because they just went balls to the walls. Like, that's definitely the slot to put that stuff, is like the opening match, you know? Like when they're, yeah, you when hook they're the crowd be, there. Yeah, like everyone's having a good time. Like They're ready to go for the rest of the show. Um, AEW this week, they announced the Dynamite Dozen Battle Royale that they had, um, which no one on the commentary team knew the name of. They just kept calling it the the Diamond Dozen Battle Royale. And I was like, I think it's called the Dynamite Dozen. It is, by it the way. It was Dynamite. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it is. But they just kept it calling is. it something else. Um, MJF <laughs> and Hangman <laughs> Page ended up winning that one. I was going to say, do we even talk about Jim Ross? And now he doesn't know what's going on in the company? We probably I mean, I, I'm so stuff. sick of talking about him. Like, there's nothing else to say, man. Jim Ross, get your shit together, dude. Like, I don't know what else to say. Like, there's nothing <laughs> well, else to say. Dumb. Come on, man. Just like, just... A little bit, man. Just a little bit. Like I'm so sick of. There's nothing else to say. Just come on, dude. You, you're killing me. Um, and the big boys now. Yeah, it was cool. It was uh, you had Billy Gunn in there. Billy had, Gunn. He came out, dude, and did the fucking big show spot where he's like, ah, and then knock twenty <laughs> people backwards. Dude, that was, was incredible. The biggest man in that match, and it's crazy to think because if you look at them like in the Attitude Era with all those guys, all those guys were ginormous. So like. He didn't actually look that big, but now with all the AEW guys, he's like... He's huge! And dude, looking back, I was looking back at old pictures when he was fighting like Kane and stuff. He's like the same height as Kane! He's like the same build as Kane! He's huge! Like, I didn't even (laughs) realize this when I was was growing up, because I just didn't even think about it. But dude, he's massive! He is like literally one of the biggest guys in wrestling. And, And he had a great spot with Sonny Kiss, or Sonny Kiss started shaking his ass. And Billy Gunn's like, oh my god, I also have an ass. Like this, I am an ass man. Yeah, this yes. is crazy. And then Orange Cassidy was in the back and he pulled his sunglasses down for a minute to look and then put it back up. Orange Cassidy was great in this battle royal, by the way. He didn't do shit but stand there. It pissed didn't, JR uh, off. It pissed him off so just, bad. <laughs> didn't Christopher Daniels come out dressed as like Pentagon Phoenix or something? Or Pentagon and then yeah. just <laughs> whatever. It was wild. Uh but they did that the age old Royal Rumble Battle Royal spot where MJF was out on the floor and he wasn't in the match and then Came he was actually in. in the match but it was so predictable because he went out there like five minutes before the <laughs> yeah. spot so I was like whatever but yeah it worked. Um, he got Jungle Boy out of there and that was uh yeah I mean we it, eliminate our Jungle Boy Hangman Page is a battle royale genius uh, a top tier battle royale guy uh, but I'm a, all like the diamond doesn't think like it's cool they're gonna have DDP come out this upcoming week and he's gonna give him like he's gonna give the winner a diamond ring and all that um I just want to see DDP just... I, I know something, something's going to happen with him. There's no way he's just like, oh yeah, here, here's your diamond ring. Like Some bullshit's going to happen. You know it's going to get crazy. Diamond. Um, Bang! Yeah, he's, he's going to diamond cut cutter. cutter. Yeah. yeah, it's going to happen. But you think about, they're stacking the show here going into Chicago because they know Chicago's like a hot town for them. So yeah. they're stacking this big thing. You know, you got Paige and MJF and then Scorpio Sky Jericho. Like, they're stacking the deck for this show. I mean, all... Like, this just reminded me of the Battle Bowl, dude. Like watching this stuff and like, I'm just like, man, 
if they want to pick up some trademarks, I'm pretty sure WWE does not have the Battle Bowl trademark. They should bring back the Battle Bowl. Like, there's no way yeah. in hell they have that trademark. Like, just make it that you know we were talking about. They're actually they announced the Bash of the Beach stuff right after we talked about making TV specials. Yeah, that was wild. It was like immediately after, and then apparently yeah. Vince is like pissed that they have Bash. Of the Beach yeah, yeah I, mean, I was seeing that too. He's like, "Oh, get that back." <laughs> You uh, made the bash, your stupid pay per view called the bash, and then on that copyright, you just didn't care about Bash of the Beach. They're probably gonna like scoop up WWE's probably like, all right, we gotta get all these W let's get <laughs> sin, greed, bad blood, get them all. We need them all. Yeah, just make sure you got New all Blood those Rising, let's get that one too. We need it all. Yeah, they should they should definitely make a Battle Bowl TV special where like if people don't know, Battle Ball was this old WCW pay per view. I don't even think they did it more than once. I think they literally did it once. They didn't even win anything on the pay per view. They literally just it's like it's like Survivor Series where like they just, I think Vader won and like he didn't win either. <laughs> He's just the Battle Ball winner. But they should do that and like make it to where they actually win something. Um, but basically the pay per view was like they had tag teams that were they they pulled random for tag teams. So it was like you know these mixed tags that like. People, people were tag teaming that had never tag teamed together before. Like the Mystery Vortex or whatever, right? Yeah, pre- yeah, it's pretty much like that. And like where the tag teams are randomly put together and then they would have this tag tournament. But then, um, so basically what would happen with the tag tournament is the winner of each match, both of those members would be put into a battle royale at the end of the night. And then at the end of the night, they'd have a battle royale and then whoever won the battle royale was the winner of the battle bowl. So they should fucking do that and then make that TV special because one, battle royales are hot TV. They always are. Yeah. Um, and putting together these randomly put together tag teams would be a ton of fun. Once AEW gets down the line and like establishes people, like that would be a lot of fun. Like having the inner you circle and about, Cody working we together. Talking, we were talking about Moxley and Darby Allen as a tag team. Oof. Yeah. Like they get put together or something. They go to the bar or whatever. Like, I, I'm telling like, there'd be a lot of fun to be had with like some sort of battle ball gimmick. If, if it, if it came to something like the winner of the battle royale ended up getting like a number one contender shot or like, you know, or a diamond ring or whatever the hell they want to make it or a, a literal trophy or just anything would be pretty cool. I was just thinking about that. Yeah, we need like, more trophies in wrestling. Give us big trophies that actually matter, not Andre the Giant Memorial <laughs> statues that you never see again. Well, there's like, there's actual like mid to or like mid nineties pay-per-views and stuff. And there's a lot of old concepts period that should be brought back that could be used a lot. And mm-hmm. I'm, and that's one of the things I like about AEW is like, they had this open field of shit they could do. Like, honestly, they yeah. could literally, like, if they did the Battle Bowl, awesome. You know, if they did Triple Cage, incredible. Yeah, like, there's just, like, 100,000 <laughs> things they insane. could do. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited to see, like, just some, like, when I saw Bash at the Beach, I'm like, man, they're really going to go for it, man. Like, they're going to go for a lot of this stuff. They're going to record that, like, on the ship, like, on the cruise. That's crazy. They're going to take the production so... on the cruise. Like, I, I was like, is this going to be taped? And I saw it said live. Are they going to really, like, can they even... How does that even work? They dock the boat somewhere, and that's they, how they dock do it, the bro. boat, and then uh, that's nuts, dude. Is that that's like, how they're gonna do it? Yeah, that's that's a wild concept, but that's gonna be sweet when they do it. God, yeah, that's... And I think they're probably gonna tape some of that on the cruise as well. Probably, I'm sure. Yeah, but, uh, they'll but probably this do AWR cool like, stuff. Oh yeah, that makes sense. They uh, they're doing a lot of like this gimmick, like they did the bronze, silver, gold medal thing. Remember for the number one contender second you remember when they did that yes yes what. and they came out with the medals and now they're doing like the the diamond dozen for the ring it's just like they have a lot of weird unexplored gimmicks in wrestling like i feel like yeah. everything's been done and overdone and done again and now that we're seeing things that aren't necessary like when's the last time you've seen a wrestling show for a ring besides 
I guess Cody had the Cody ring had of the honor. Ring of Honor that one time, <laughs> yeah. And they're like, eh, I'm gonna screw all that. But I do think it's gonna end with a diamond cutter. Probably. Ah, uh, yeah. I kinda want MJF to win just so he gets hit with the diamond cutter. That's and I hope DDP keeps the ring too. <laughs> you don't get the ring neither. You kinda suck. I want MJF to like use the ring as a foreign object. Be fantastic. So here's one of the things though. And I don't, did you watch on TNT or did you watch the Fight TV feed this past week? I saw week? TNT version and I actually got, so I was watching on TNTdrama.com slash whatever because I have like the subscriptions. The cable package? Yeah, yeah. So the problem is that I don't like is that when they go to commercials on that, they say coming soon or come, we'll be back. We're at a commercial break. So they don't actually show any of the commercials or the split screen. So I'm missing like a lot of the action. When they do the side by side commercial break, was the feed messed up for you this week? I no, know on TV it actually was. Um, the audio mixing was awful. It was awful, oh, man. Yeah. I, I didn't. I didn't. It wasn't like okay. See, somebody. I was on the Fight TV feed, but the Fight TV feed was messing up. So I went to the TNT feed, and the TNT feed, the comment you could barely make out anything the commentary team was saying because everything was blasted up to a hundred, except for the commentary team. So like on the Fight TV feed, everything was great. But on the TNT feed, you could barely hear anything. And, and I did not hear that. Maybe that was uh Yeah, it's, it's, it was definitely a it. thing because I, I was I was watching both. And I was like, this is... And I saw people posting about it on Twitter too. And I'm like, okay, so it isn't just... Is it just me looking at the TNT feed? But it seems like AEW is having like production issues when it comes... It's not even video production issues because they're pretty good on that, po- that part. But they cannot get this audio mix down, dude. Like it's almost always messed up every single week. It's like nobody's listening to one of the feeds every single week. Like you, like backstage promos mm-hmm. are low. Sometimes you can't even make out the, the, the mic feeds, the mic feeds are sometimes that sometimes they don't cut off the individual mic feeds. So like you hear the ring is super mic'd for some reason, for some matches it's because they don't turn off the individual mic feeds that they have near the ring. So you just hear bing, 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 bing. Whenever they do bumps on the ring yeah. and then later on in the evening, you don't hear it at all because they, they're like, oh yeah, by the way, we need to cut off the mic feed for the individual hand mics. It's like, man, they have got to figure out this audio mixing thing, man. They have to. I feel like their 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 main concern is to make sure the crowd comes over as like super hot. They're trying to make sure the crowd's really loud in the arenas because they do a good job of like, oh, that sounded great. On, But then it's like, yeah, with the mic things next to the ring and stuff like that, they got to figure that out. But I think that's what they're trying to do and they just haven't figured it out yet. And I remember yeah. like, uh, during one of those panel things they do after a pay-per-view, someone asked Tony Khan, they're like, yeah, we were hearing reports of like the audio and Tony Khan was like, oh, I haven't heard anything about the audio issues, so I'll have to look into that. So I don't even think they actually know. That's what I'm saying. Do they, I mean, they not might, They might know watches? now, but they, I don't know. They Maybe they don't. They should hire someone to literally just watch the feed and tell them if someone's fucked up. Like, that's all you need is someone there to just look at it or listen to it and just like... Mm-hmm. Hey, this is messed up, and then fix it because they didn't fix. Dude, they didn't fix it all night. They literally let that they let that TNT feed sound like garbage all night, and then uh, you know what the the that happened, and then they lost the rating war, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's I'm not just why. saying. That's not why. I'm just saying. They stacked the deck. WWE played all their cards. Yeah, the and win. and TNT played a horrible audio mix feed. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah, that's why it was. That's probably why. There was also a uh, number one contenders match for the women. And number one contender, I mean, 
Yeah. If you win, number your one and number two. system Correct. goes up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was um, like a versus ranking system type thing, which makes sense. Right. It was Britt Baker versus Hikaru Shida. Shida's back in America uh, this week. Um, Britt, Britt, man. Um, I don't have a problem with her being on the product. You know, a lot of people seem to. I don't have a problem with her being there. Um, just because mm-hmm. I, I, th- I actually think the dentist thing is quite funny. I actually think it's not a bad gimmick at all. Like it's the just a meme, thing, right? At this point, it's a meme. Yeah, but like the lockjaw thing is like actually like people meme the lockjaw thing, but like it's actually not a bad finish. You know what I mean? Like the, it's I basically like the a rings of Saturn claw. where she mandible claws it. I think it's yeah, cool. yeah. Like it's actually kind of good. I mean, they definitely got a free hand. Why not use it? It's, they definitely yeah. ham fist the hell out of the dentist thing, and like they could definitely like not do that, and like she could definitely go a little further um, with yeah. the stuff she does. But I don't think I, I, I think like she's. She definitely is like a long-term thing for them that they eventually she'll turn into something. Because um, it definitely seems like they've, they've kind of turned the page on her for the time being. Because um, Sheeta ends up beating her and takes the number one number one contender spot. Mm-hmm. Thank God. Um, but I just think the biggest problem right now is like, no matter who they put against Brit, they never come out looking good. Ever. No one no one comes out of a Brit Baker match looking any better and Brit doesn't either. Like no, yeah, like no one does. Like Sheeta looked phenomenal against Riho when she faced Riho, it was great. But then she gets in the ring with Britt Baker, and it just—they both look like they don't know what's going on. Like nothing, nothing's happening here. It looks like Britt's like second guessing everything she's doing, and Sheeta's just like trying to catch up <laughs> with what Britt's trying to put together. And uh, it's just really, like, like I said, I think Britt has a spot, but like I'm trying to figure out like if they've turned the page on her or what the, you know, and then of course she was at NXT this past at takeover. Yeah. They showed her in the crowd. It's time to put her ass to bed, brother. She's with the enemy. <laughs> She's sabotaging no. the women's division. No, I think it's also like just a problem with the women's division. Again, is like, they really don't do a lot. They're like, there's no, besides like Brandy Rhodes, there's not really much story <laughs> going on with these women, you know, besides yeah. cutting people's hair off. There's not much story <laughs> going on here with these women. So, it's a Britt Baker thing where it's like, why do we care about her? What do we like about her? Oh, she's a dentist. Okay, what else? What else you got? She's a dentist. About, that's about as deep as it goes. So it's like, you just need to get a little more story, especially with like Karashita and Riho, I don't think has like that great of a story going. You know what I mean? I don't know. I feel Riho, like it's just Riho rest- is easy to build. Like Riho is super easy to build. She's a, you know, She's ninety. She's a white pounds meat. And... She's a white meat baby face, man. Like, there's nothing else you need. What you need is people against her that are that are that are heels and built. Is what you need. Like, she's like the perfect like. Are we building the like awesome Kong versus her? Because that would be. I think you have to, right? Yeah. I think you have to. I mean, yeah. Kong has a you know more or less has a gimmick. It's hair pervert, but she has a she has a gimmick. <laughs> There's a lot of perverts in the wrestling you <laughs> Yeah, I mean, wrestling is perverted just by itself. <laughs> so, I think you could do that. I but just, I feel like that's just, again, the growing pains of AEW is trying to get these women to have stories that people care about and matter. And yeah. Rip Baker does not have one right now, so it's kind of like dentist. And then maybe I she'll... am the dentist. Yes. That should you be your interest. I dentist. am the dentist. <laughs> and then she got the pyro. Bing, 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 bing. Say, like, oh my god, what the hell is going on here? She gets it every week. Like, bing, 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 bing. I'm like, what the hell is this? She, oh, okay, Hikari, she didn't got that, but okay. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but yeah, I think it'll be something they're gonna work on. And I, again, I think building this up and getting 
Hair pervert versus Riho would be sick. <laughs> yeah, I mean AEW was good this week. Uh, it was it was definitely my favorite thing. It definitely my favorite Western thing that I watched this week. I mean, we didn't um, even talk about Jericho and his stuff. If you wanted to mention that, what? Just his major announcement, and then out comes SCU, and then. Oh, I didn't think that was really anything to talk about too much. I mean, I like it. I mean, it was okay. (laughs) I I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, I know. I mean, it was you know, it was a good promo. It's just nothing to really. Jake Hager spoke for the first time ever, and you don't even care. You don't even want to talk about Jake Hager. Nothing to talk about. Jericho couldn't say sorry. Nothing to talk about. Um, the Dark Order had a promo. Through. Did you we see didn't that? talk about Dark Order's there's, Well, there's nothing to talk about. Like these are things; these are just passerby things. I don't think there's a lot no, to talk about. No, Dark Order's was like Scientology, and it was fantastic. And I don't know what your problem is. It was good, but, but like I said, just passerby information that you throw in there. We'll see if, if if the Dark Order continues to get stuff. Then like then we're talking, you know. Then we're talking, but we have to actually see something. At least they're doing something with the Dark Order. They didn't just throw them into the fucking wolves. Like you know, Dark Order didn't get over when they first came out, and then. You know, if if this was, you know, I don't like to draw parallels, but if this WWE, they would have fucking sent their ass back home. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they would have went through that door. You can go wherever. Yeah, you, want. you go wherever the hell you want to go, huh? Okay, yeah, good. <laughs> yeah, they would have thrown it out, but you know, at least they're they're keeping they're keeping it going. They like they definitely changed direction with them. Like they, I think they were probably slated to be like one of the top tag teams, and then like they saw the reaction, and they kind of like kind of just changed a little bit. And I think yeah, that's if smart. It was again, you were talking about WWE. I would have predicted. The tag tournament, I was like Dark Order all the way. Just, yeah. just based off of how it went, I was like, all right, they want Dark Order to be their team. That's their team. They're mm-hmm. going with it. But they they said from day one they're going to listen to the crowd and they're going to adjust based off of how the crowd reacts, and they definitely are doing that. Yeah, sure. Uh, there was private party and proud and powerful. Yeah, that was good. Um, you know, the mat was ba- the match was basically just dedicated to Matt Travis from HOG. And, uh, I mean, they worked a good match. It, they... The thing that everyone harped on, though, was the blown finish on the ref. Do you I don't think that? it was the ref's fault. I think it was, uh, was it Santana who was on the outside? It was supposed to pull his Well, it's like, leg. I don't think, I don't know whose fucking fault it was, but it's not like it even matters. It didn't, like, ruin the match. It, you know what I mean? It, de- it definitely didn't, like, steamroll the match or anything. It was still a AEW really, really good AEW has a match. very good crowd where the crowd doesn't shit on something that's bad, you know? like Because they want to like it. Where the, you go to some shows or, like, you watch some shows and... Fans are like, you fucked up. You fu-. like, I don't think I've ever heard a you fucked up chant in AEW. I think I've heard one once, but it was early. I think it might have been all in. So that doesn't even count. Yeah. Yeah. So again, even with this stuff, it's still like you had a great match. Then you, and everyone's like, well, they should have just, you should have just counted three. That could have been it. I'm like, did you see all the shit they had to get at the end of that? Like, there was a lot of stuff they had to do. There's no way they could have just ended it on that. Like, yeah, it ended up being good anyways. It was a good match. And people are like, did you remember when WWE used to pay refs more if they counted three? I'm like, I don't know if that was actually true. but I don't fucking know. Yeah, <laughs> Shit. yeah there, there's, a, there's a thing. And then we had Darby Allin and Moxley, of course, which was a main event, and it was fantastic. Yeah, AEW was my favorite thing this week. Oh, yeah, Luchasaurus and Peter Avalon, of course. <laughs> yeah. Yo, okay, Peter Avalon kind of fucking rules. Like, I'm... People don't get don't people don't get the genius of Peter Avalon. <laughs> that that dude is the shit. He was shit. gonna turn Luchasaurus into fossil fuel. Okay. Yeah, dude, that's incredible. Like this dude's a worker, bro. Like I'm all in on. I love Peter Avalon. I don't give a fuck. That dude is shredded. That dude's a beefcake, bro. Look how big that dude is. I like Peter Avalon. <laughs> yeah, he's pretty cool. He's pretty cool. 
people are like, oh, the librarian thing. But Peter Avalon works that gimmick, dude. He really does. Like, yeah, he takes that one all the way. Yeah, he takes it serious. Like, they had dinosaur books this week, this past week. So, like, <laughs> kind of serious. Of course, JR is not going to get him over, so he'll have to get him for himself. So. He's too busy tweeting cowboy hats and female pictures. Okay, oh, those are some nice titties, it. ma'am. Like, stop, <laughs> JR. The hell is wrong with you? If you spend as much time yeah, just looking up the AEW roster instead of looking at titties on Twitter, you'd probably be fucking way better off. Yeah, he, t- he tweeted a couple titty photos this week, and I was like, oh, This week? He did, like, stop. two days. It's two straight days of nothing but damn. I want to stop. Damn cowboy hat. <laughs> yeah, come on, dude. Let's take five seconds. Look up Luchasaurus and what he did before he came here. It's cool, man. Nah, man. He's he, at least he didn't say fully loaded this week, so that was good. <laughs> yeah, that's true. It wouldn't be an episode without Jr. doing some bullshit. Wubba lubba dub dub. <laughs> I do want to ask you though. Do you think that Excalibur just wants to take the piss out of Trent every week? He fucks with Trent and Chuck because fucking Chuck every, used to Chuck do that. Chuck Trent used to every do week, the, right? He used to do the PWG commentary with Excalibur, so he yeah, just so takes he the did, piss out of him. Yeah, yeah. That's what he, that's what he calls the sexy Chucky e and shit. Every week he's always, even on AEW Dark, because uh, Dustin was on AEW Dark. I don't know if you caught that. Um, no, I don't think I saw that. But he was just going on. He was like messing with him, just saying all this shit. Like, yeah, because they're they're boys. Like it's awesome. I like it. Like it it definitely works, and I, I love that. You know, stop calling it the fucking sexy Chucky knee. It is sexy Chucky knee. <laughs> Nobody like kicks it. out of the Falcon Arrow. Yeah, like they have a lot of inside stuff, like. There's a bunch of Excaliburisms that are sprinkled throughout the show that people don't pick up on until they pick up on it. So it is And cool. I do like AEW Dark too because Jim Ross isn't on that commentary. Yes, so. that is also good. <laughs> I um I think I watched the women's match in the last Dark episode if I remember correctly. And yeah, it was like a tag match. I believe. Yeah, Riho was on it, so I ended up watching that. Yeah, um, but it's fun. It's good. Yeah, Dustin, was, Dustin was on it, and Dustin was sounding like he was just like lethargic as hell. He's like, yeah. These are good workers, man. <laughs> yeah, they, they are good. See, Dustin's problem was that I think he felt like he had to be like a commentator instead of be Dustin. You know what I mean? It was still Where cool. Was like, I mean, I dug it because like, it was like legitimately just him. It was like legitimately just him talking. Like he was like, damn, that was a cool spot. I can't remember what he called. There was something that, I, oh, 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 yeah. Somebody did a Gamangiri and uh, Excalibur said, oh, what a Gamangiri. He said, Gamangiri? He said, <laughs> "He said, yeah, that's what the move's called." He's like, "I thought that was an Enzi." He's like, "Nope, that's a Gamangiri." <laughs> <laughs> so that, so like the idea that Dustin has never heard of Tojiaki Kawada or ever seen a Gamangiri in his forty-five thousand years of wrestling <laughs> actually blows my mind. I guarantee he has. He doesn't know that. He said, "I thought that was an Enzi." Nope, that's nope. <laughs> <laughs> that's fantastic. That was probably bro. one of my favorite commentary moments. This week, easy was. I thought that was an Enzi. Nope. <laughs> good stuff. Yeah, it's it's good. Uh, there's a couple other things that happened in wrestling. Do we want to talk about any of the other stuff? I don't think or anything not. else happened. We don't have to. Oh, NWA. You don't want to talk about that. We don't. Have to. Oh, what the Jim Cornette stuff? Oh, see, I already <laughs> talked about that like a hundred times this week. Yes, Jim, it was racist. Yes, Jim, you shouldn't have said it. No, yes, I just, Jim. I was just. We didn't. We didn't ever talk about it on the cast, so I didn't know if we wanted to mention it. Yeah, but. I mean, like. I, what he said? Yeah, I said it thirty or forty years ago. Yeah, Jim, it's twenty nineteen now. All right, dude. Yeah, we don't let shit slide no more. So yeah, maybe don't fucking say that shit. Are you kidding me, Jim? I think his exact quote was like he could be running through Ethiopia with 
bucket of chicken on his back or something. Yes, that's like, what he how, said. How is that not racist? How do you get it? Yeah, G, you went on a fucking podcast and said, Dave Lagana said it was cool. Okay, well, Dave Lagana's fucking stupid too then, Jim. I don't know what to tell you, man. Like, you're not making <laughs> this any better for anybody. they feed, edited it, put it back up, and then they fired, or Jim Cornette resigned, apparently. Yeah, he did. Well, he quit before that he get fired, is what he said. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Old, ah, you can't fire me. I quit. <laughs> yeah, cool, Jim. Good job, man. Like, you definitely are just the man. We all love you so much. God, you save face there, man. Like, and come before on, that, I think we were talking about it a little bit where there was like comedy. Jim Cornette hates comedy wrestling. So there's a whole Twitter, like, he killed Twitter before then. And then now this comes out, and Jim Cornette's just the worst person. He might get the Seth Rollins award. No. Worth, worst, no? Nope. Seth Rollins gets that award. <laughs> Sorry, dude. Seth, Seth gets the award, man. That's just how it is. The worst Twitter award of all yeah. time this he, year, 2019. He's got, that. he's got that locked up. That's crazy, yeah. I don't know. That's what I had was the NWA thing written down, so I don't know if we... That was yeah, it. No, also, I, I'm uh, good. Hot stuff. ACH is going to be in my town. Oh, dude, yeah, he's wor- he's fucking working shows and shit already. I think he's working he's one of those week. Revolver, dude. The first show is in uh, Iowa, so uh, I will be there, and I will. Yeah, I'm hoping he works. I'm hoping he works New Japan and stuff again, the New Japan of America stuff. I hope he does that. That'd be really good for him. It'll be interesting to see. Like, I have a feeling he's either gonna go really well or really bad. I don't know. Yeah, we'll see. I guess. I I wonder yeah. if he'll work like. The- I wonder if he'll work GCW and stuff. That'd be pretty cool. That'd be really, yeah. really cool. Especially on Mania Week and stuff. I assume he'll be at most of the shows on Mania Week. It'll be interesting. Yeah, I'm excited. And he's good. He's a fucking sweet worker. So we'll see. Yeah, there's a lot of people. There's, there's like people on both sides of the fence. Like, oh, you shouldn't have said anything. Oh, you said too much. Yeah, oh, yeah. There's definitely, there's like, definitely, there's definitely two sides. There's racist and people who aren't. So like, <laughs> there's people who are racist and then there's everybody else. <laughs> yeah, so. there's definitely two sides to, to each coin. That's for sure. There's someone who tells the truth and then there's somebody else who's a, who's a liar. Yeah. yeah, there's definitely definitely two sides. Alright guys, thank you guys for watching. If you guys want to support uh, Deadlock, remember guys, you can head over to uh, Apple Podcasts, leave a review, leave a five star rating, or you can head over to the Patreon, patreon.com forward slash PW. Uh, or you can, of course, always go over to the shop and buy you one of them shirts. We only have XL sizes left in that Cactus Jack Invader shirt. That thing sold like hot cakes. Ooh, we only have XL. That's yeah, crazy. only XL left. So if you're a, if you're an XL guy, go over there and get you one. Of course, we have other shirts in stock too, so you can check those out too. Always a good way to support the show. And I will uh, tell you this: uh, I did have a, well, actually, I had an XL in the other shirt, and I have a large in the Cactus shirt. I think the XL fits good too so i would if you're large i would recommend getting an xl and it, it's not like you're not gonna be swimming in it so i think yeah, you won't swim in it they, they the shirts fit definitely they don't fit tight but they fit um true to your body if that they makes accentuate sense. the good parts that you have on your body yeah i wear them when i work out like the like these shirts that i wear when i work out because like i like the way it grabs on my biceps and makes me look big i look strong Especially as hell with that that blood dripping when you're doing deadlifts, bro. Hell yeah, that's the good stuff. So anyways, thank you guys for watching this week. We appreciate you as always, and uh, we'll catch you again with the weekly episode of the Deadlock Podcast.